hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Backpeg. Nathan here alongside Laz. It's Thanks. been a big week, Laz, and um, there's been so much news to go over. Hi, Nathan. I'm very excited, Nathan, who uh, we are recording on a Monday night straight fresh from the Campbelltown Sports Ground where MacArthur FC... Uh, Got a famous victory against Adelaide United and one very happy Nathan Gould. Very much so. Just got back in. Uh, four goals to three. Can't complain about seven goals in any game you go to. Uh, good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. And yeah, I mean, I think the Bulls, by and large, might have just edged it, can I say? And But I think, in I any think. case, coming from 3-2 down to win 4-3, leaves everyone uh, going home pretty happy, I think. I thought Adelaide were going to get a fourth then, straight after the third. Yeah, it was close. It was very close. And... Uh, it was a very exciting game. Very exciting game. Watching it, it from the from the comfort of the stand at home. So, <laughs> <laughs> whilst you're at, at uh, Campbelltown Sports Ground, which was, yeah, didn't see, you know, unfortunately, you know, being a Monday night, the crowd wasn't uh, that big. But exciting game, exciting game nonetheless. To be honest, I thought the crowd was going to be less than what it was. There you go. Given the, as you say, Monday night, and it was rescheduled mm. at late notice. Mm. This game was meant to be on Sunday afternoon. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, but got rescheduled because the Bulls travelled over to Thailand for their AFC Cup fixture. Cor- correct. Um, but I didn't really notice it being a whole lot less than mm. a weekend game, to be honest sure. with you. Yeah. I'm sure if the number comes out, it will be less than their yeah. average for the season. But sure. it wasn't like 500 people or something. It was more than that. Nonetheless, though, Nathan... Um, the A-League has provided some excitement this week. It certainly has. It certainly right. has. It's been uh, a, a story-rich week in oh. Australian football. And there's a tasty affair coming up uh, next weekend as well. With, uh, there's a fair I be- few. Oh, yeah, I believe you know Brisbane's going to Adelaide, which will be fun. Yep. Um, so, yeah, a top three clash there in prospect. So, amongst others, but which we can get to later on. But um, we can. glad to see you wearing the black and white. Yes. I was I was going to do, I was going to do that this evening, but I thought no, no I'll take no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll take it I'll take it easy on you. Oh uh, yeah, the black and white stripes of uh, MacArthur are much more pleasant on my eyes this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's can... stick to Australian football for now, Les. I was going to say I'm not ready to go there yet. I was going to say we can get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, later, please. <laughs> so, uh, A League men's from the yes. weekend gone by. Yes. Um. Pretty interesting week. Shall we go all the way back to the start of the weekend? Sure. That game at Brisbane. Mm-hmm. The roar against the Wanderers. Mm-hmm. A soggy Brisbane. But uh wasn't a soggy game. Really feisty again. It was. And congrats to Brisbane. Mm. I thought they were good for the win. And it was a... Yeah, it was a very good watch. It was a very good watch. Um Yeah. What are you making of Brisbane so far this season? I think they're a surprise in the box. But I think they're going to hang around. Yeah, I mean, they should have got the three points on Friday night. I think mm. you're right. They were deserving of more than the draw they mm. got. Mm. But I think this season, I've been pleasantly surprised by the draw. I think there's a few surprises in this A-League men's season so far already. It's only six mm. weeks in, of course. But three of the top four, Wellington, MacArthur and Brisbane, are three teams I did not expect to be there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with regard to Wellington. I thought Wellington would be in the, in sixth, actually. Yeah, but yes. Not- Top of the league. Not top of the league. Hey, and it's good MacArthur to see. And Brisbane in top four is a lot higher than I had mm. going into this campaign. Mm. Yeah, I it's thought good. they'd be uh, around the bottom, but it's good that the A-League men's can throw up these surprises sure. uh, at the start of every season. It's just a case of which teams can see it out. But Brisbane look more than just a flash in the pan, I more agree. than just a fast start. They look here to stay. 
I agree. I think they're going to be a thorn. I mean, I think this A-League season is going to be very, very close, actually. I think Western United are the ones that are heading towards the bottom, unfortunately. Well, they're they're already there. <laughs> yeah, but like as, when I say that, uh, yeah, they are, but I don't see them coming off the bottom, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do, to be honest. I do. Um, I, I don't see and them because it's I so. Think... I mean, it's so close. It is very close, right? Anybody yeah. can beat anyone on a given day. But I think Brisbane are going to be in and around the top six now, based on what we've seen. Uh, I think Wellington are definitely top six material from what we've seen. Melbourne City are still up and down. Yeah. Right? Sydney are on the up again. Sydney, I think they are too, but it's still quite inconsistent. Perth, very hard to get a line of a read on. I think they'll just miss out on the six, but I like what I see with Perth long term, right? Um, oof. Adelaide are going to be thereabouts. The Wanderers, I think, are going to be thereabouts. Mm. Victory, I think, will be thereabouts. The Mariners, I think, just miss out on the six. Which would be a, a dismal season for them. So Australian champions, they're missing but, the six altogether. Based from what I've seen so far, right? Newcastle yeah. And Newcastle Jets, well, near, near the Wanderers. Uh, sorry, uh, near uh, Western United, I should say. Yeah, that's the thing. I, From what I've seen, I think the Jets might be cellar dwellers uh-huh. come season's end. I say that because I think there'll be a change in the dugout at Western United. I think there will be eventually. And uh, I think maybe by Christmas there'll be a change and if I was uh, to put the money on a replacement for Johnny Aloisi, uh-huh. who's done good things at Western United, but it seems as though the, they're getting to the end of the, the line here. Yeah, sure. This uh, this marriage. Um I think the replacement will be Paddy Kuznorbo. Yes, yeah, good shout, good shout. I know he's is um, available now. Yeah, he's available now. It's unfortunately it's a time for him. Yeah, he did have a rough time in France, didn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, but uh, he'll be better for the experience. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's you know, and full credit to him. He had the you know he had the cojones to go and uh, give it a shake, right? And unfortunately, unfortunately, didn't work out for him. But he'll definitely benefit from the experience. Yeah, and. A um a failed managerial reign in Europe is not the end of the line for you as a manager, and uh, I think it's not harsh calling Kisnobo's tenure at Trois a failure. I think hard to argue. Uh, it's hard to argue a relegation. They're staring down the barrel of a second one. Um, mm. but Kevin Musket struggled in Belgium, and mm. Tony Popovich has struggled in Europe, and Anne struggled in Europe the first time he went over. It's not the be all and end all the first okay. time you go over. So okay. there's certainly is an avenue to get back. On the points that you've made mm-hmm. with regards to Ange and Tony, there are different reasons why they struggled. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Of course. They didn't struggle because of results. No. But they struggled because of the dumped out of Europe, that's not the end of the line. They struggled because of the the finances of the yeah. owners of those clubs. Yeah. Right? Um Especially in Andrew's case, because I can tell you the club that he was coaching at in Greece to begin with, right, would be the equivalent of, hmm, I would say, like a Wickham Wanderers. Yeah. Right? The player, you know, like, unfortunately, it was the ownership, the model that, um, what, Cost Ange because he would have gotten promoted that that side promoted and they probably yeah. would have and they probably would have gone on to to win the Greek league the year after. <laughs> it's it's that it's that simple, right? With, with Tony Popovich's case, I recall that um, you know uh, you know the couple of times that he's had to crack it, it's been because of the uh, again uh, the ownership um, issues that those clubs have had in Turkey yeah. and in Greece. Part of that is picking and choosing the jobs you take. But correct, I was just making a, a generalizing statement that. Once you leave Europe, the door's not shut for you forever. Oh, definitely and not. 
uh, a good spell wherever you end up is uh, more than enough to get back there. And well, pop- Kevin Musker was in the line mm. to go to Rangers and Millwall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's happened with Ange. I think Paddy Norbo, if he does indeed take a uh, Australian job, be it any club, mm. there obviously is opportunity for him to uh, turn it around and put mm. one bad spell, box it off as a bad spell, and relaunch your career. I tell you what, if Western United managed to snare Kiz Norbo, if they let go of John Aloisi, that'll be that'll be a pretty good get, I would say. And that's why I don't have them at the bottom because yeah, fair enough. Of, yeah, thinking yeah. that if they do make that appointment, then mm. there will be a bit of an uptick for the back end of the season. I still don't think they'll make the six, but they'll be a lot closer than they are at the moment. And something tells me that Popper might end up at Palace. You know, there's a love affair with Pop- Palace and Popper because. Palace, uh, you know, he Papa played at Palace and he's well regarded there. And, you know, if it does a great job at, you know, at victory, there's nothing to suggest that he won't go back to Palace one day. It's something that's always been there in the background. Yeah. I feel like Tony's stock is not as high as it was in Australian football. Sure. But, but it, it's been a, a pretty the- <laughs> rough, oh, what is it now? Almost a, it's getting up to a decade. It's been up and down. And there's been moments where you're thinking, what's really happened here? Yeah. Perth spell and some time here in the victory dugout. But again, it, it does come back to the onus as well because Triple Seven, victory and everything going on there is they're really the platform to re-establish Melbourne victory as the biggest club in the country. Yeah. Whilst with Palace, you know, there's a bit of stability with that ownership there. So I think you might get that opportunity one day. Yeah. You probably need a stepping stone job. Yeah, maybe. You're not going to go from Melbourne Victory to Crystal Palace. Look, maybe to, maybe to Asia again, right? But yeah. Um, look, he's he's well regarded unless he goes as an assistant and then goes. But I, oh. I would actually, you know, there is a romance there with regards to Palace and Popovich, and because he's a ex Palace player, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that ever develops again because he did spend time there as an assistant as well. Yeah, that he did. That he did. Uh, Laz, what were some of your other highlights from the A-League men this weekend? The storm, the thunderstorm that uh, interrupted the game between Sydney <laughs> and Perth. It was a crazy <laughs> storm. That was unbelievable. Torrential rain. That, that was and all ab- the lightning around. It, it was It was very close here. I mean, we're not, we're not too far from uh, Allianz here, and I can tell you that was a heck of a storm. Mm. A heck of a storm. So, Because at one point I was thinking, uh, do we go out? And I looked at the weather and I thought, nope. <laughs> and uh, thanks, oh, water, thanks. You can keep it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it from the famous stand here at the house. And yep. um, yeah, that decision to be you know, proved to be correct. Um, and I could enjoy the uh, long interruption, you know, with um, you know, in the comfort of my own abode. But um, Daniel Gale with his weather app. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, yeah. So that that look, Sydney Perth was a good game. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it was. Um, Central Coast Melbourne, considering the the, the the conditions that was played in as well, yeah, uh, and Fauna Roll and the goals, the quality of the goals, and Fauna Roll's goal, he had no right to score that. What a goal! What, what a, a goal! Yeah, you know. what a season he's having, Fauna Roll. He's he's scoring <laughs> scoring some quality goals. Scoring he's going to be on the plane in January. Um, why not? Why yeah, not? Why not? Why not? I mean, Especially yes, now that okay. Brandon Barello's missing through injury. Yeah, okay. I think yes. the door's open for Bruno. Okay. He's getting on. Let's not kid ourselves, right? Sure. However, I couldn't think of a – I can't think of a negative in picking him because if he's on the bench and it's nil all and it's 70 minutes in, why not throw him on with 20 minutes to go? Mm, yep. 
I think he can slot very nicely into the same role that uh, Jason Cummings was playing at the World Cup. Correct. It's like for like for mine. Yeah, I agree with you. I Even agree down you. to the naturalisation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't say why not. Um, yeah, look, so that, that was yeah, that was a good watch. Central Coast, mm. Central Coast, uh, Melbourne. Oh, look, Central Coast. You can tell that they're definitely off the boil. There's an adjustment period that's happening at the moment. That take a little bit of time to get through it. The team's just not as good as it was last year, but yeah, and it's that simple, right? It's that simple. They'll provide. Well, I some... don't think they replaced Silvera properly. No, they haven't. And he's a big out. Let's let's yeah. let's be frank, right? He, that's a big out. And the coach, yeah, look, as well. Okay, come dog, yeah, sure. You know, absolutely gave him how many goals last season, right? Yeah. So they're integral misses, but with the quality of Silvera, the coaching caliber of Montgomery. Um, hard to disagree with you there, Nathan, to say that, you know, they aren't the same side. And they aren't. But are they a good club and on the up and up? Yeah, I think they are. Absolutely, I think they are. And given the resources that they have and the way that they position themselves and playing in the AFC Asian Cup and um, or the AFC Cup, I should say, and doing what they need to do, you know, I, I think I think the future is okay for Central Coast. I think they've got a bit yeah. of leeway. I, 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 you know, I think they'll be better next season. Because players will, you know, I think they'll be better next season. I mean, that's a long way down the line, and who knows what the team will look like between now and then. Oh, but sure, but I think from what I can see, though, from what you can see on the park, they're not bad. They're just not as good as what they, you know, as the opposition yeah. they're coming against, and and not as good compared to the standard that they set last season. Now, is Adelaide better? Because you know, we're looking at the, probably the three standout sides from last season: were Central Coast, Melbourne City, Adelaide. Right, Melbourne City are flip flopping everywhere. They're inconsistent, hard to get a hard to get yep. a read on. Central Coast, there's a dip, no doubt. Adelaide, Adelaide, I think are in the same trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I think I put the Reds a little bit above from what I've seen of Central Coast and Melbourne City so far this season. I agree with you. I think, but still, yes, they're not quite as good as they were last year, and part of that is Craig Goodwin. But I think just generally, I think Adelaide, some of the players are getting a little bit long in the tooth, and some of the kids coming through are not quite there yet. I think they're in a little bit of a transition spot at the moment. But they could win the thing. They could. They could they could they could put a run together and win it, right? A lot has to click into place for Yeah. They look very good going forward at times. Like today, I mean the the goal, the third goal, that was quality play. It was. It was just a beautiful team goal. And and all three goals that Adelaide scored tonight were very similar. It was a Mm. a late box Mm. run. From from Zach Loft, from the right back. Um but simple simple football though. Like yeah, f- yeah, fairly exactly. simple, but a attractive football with purpose. You know, all the passes going forward. Whoever's receiving a pass in in midfield is looking to play forward. The forward runs are there. You know, ball. You know, uh, like you said, yep, absolutely. Late runs into the box, and, and a late run into the box will get you trouble each time, right? So yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's a credit to Adelaide. They identified a bit of a weakness that mm. um, Bacchus wasn't really tracking his runner mm. or Lewis and. That run was on a lot of the times I went forward. So it's a credit to them for going back mm. and revisiting revisiting what was working. But yeah, for mine, like I could see a lot of problems with Adelaide tonight. Mm. I think too many times they were giving the ball away in their first third, mm-hmm. up until all the way up until halfway. Mm. Too many cheap turnovers. And SAS got hooked at halftime. I yeah. think he's got some coming back to do to get back into the team. I think I'd be surprised if he starts on the weekend. Oh, I don't I think you'll just this off the bench now. From now on. Yeah. And side note, Carl Vart is a, a 
much of a good watch on the sideline as he's oh yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely and he was like that as a player too he was a fiery customer yep. when he was uh <laughs> you know when he was playing the nsl and he you know and the a-league and uh managing the a-league yeah exactly yeah, you, exactly the same way and the right back bobolino hmm. was copying it the entire first half who's more fiery uh would you say ten hark is or vart Oh, Vart, definitely Vart. Okay. <laughs> Every day of the week, it's Vart. <laughs> I don't know. Ten Hag, Ten Hag got up a couple of people on the weekend. Yeah, not to the same extent, though. Like, any oh. anytime something goes wrong for Adelaide Carpass, like, swearing his head off and yelling at everyone. and mm. um, He's passionate, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I think it, it works for some players. Mm. I think others would be thinking, jeez, oh, calm down. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I have got some... Something that I did come across on the local scene is uh, yeah. the, apparently there's a um, issue with Heidelberg in the in Victorian MPL, so it's a bit of a watch this space. Ooh, I'm trying okay. to find out a bit more about uh, about what the situation is there, but um, hearing some whispers. I'm here. I'm hearing something about Heidelberg at the moment. You I mean, they lost. Uh, uh, it's. Yeah, it's not quite clear exactly what the situation is, but something to do with the administration is purported to have happened, and hence why they um, it could have been detrimental to their second tier, not being a foundation member of the second tier. Um, but also, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit it's a watch this space. So, but I've just got to you know have a couple of things verified before I say anything further. With regard to that, okay, I'll watch the space on that one. Mm. <laughs> so, but uh, it seems like uh, there's a issue, if not there already, that's forthcoming from what All I've right, seen. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that one. But um, um, local well, scene. Do you want to get yes. Matildas? Uh, I'd start a league bench just briefly. Oh, okay. You've got more. You. You've got one more. Okay, cool. One more. One more. And All right. uh, news coming out of today that uh, Auckland have unveiled the uh-huh. director of football. Ah, that's right. Yes, I was going to yes. mention that. Yes, uh, thank one you for Terry running. Flynn. One Terry McFlynn left Perth and has gone to Auckland. Yes, and seems to be very much switched on as a football administrator. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So I think that's a the first real notion that uh, this club is a serious club and they do mean business look and the language that bill foley has been using is one of which yes i know if he was saying anything other than we're here to win then eyebrows be raised but it looks as though they're going down the glamour club bling club line well, say, mm-hmm. say sydney or city or victory yeah. rather than the development of central coast or macarthur or adelaide i think if they get everything right off the pitch then this, I think, will be a massive success for Australian football, not just and, New Zealand football. And the difference is, is that he's got the money to back it up. Yeah, he's got the resources to back it up. So, yeah, Auckland definitely watch out because there are big things on the horizon for that club. And we're still and, awaiting things like the name and colours, which I think we're expecting word on that in February. Some official mm-hmm. announcements for what the clubs mm-hmm. are actually look like, particularly if uh, they get this waterfront stadium going. Mm-hmm. It's going to be brilliant. So there's a lot of excitement for Auckland, whichever yeah. form they take. And there should be. We're still not clear on what Canberra is going to look like, but um, yeah, yeah, let's wait and see I, what happens. They've got a deadline for the end of this month to put something together. Otherwise, they'll miss out for season 24-25. Mm. I don't know if they're going to make it, though, Nathan. I suspect they will, but 
I'd, yeah. If you yeah. want me to put my money down, I'd say 25, You're saying 26. No. You're saying 25, yeah, I'm, saying, I'm saying no for next season. Can't have a buy. I mean, we have Can't one. have a buy. No, I know that, but not with it. You know, we can't have a buy. It's to, horrible, they, but they I need... would rather have a successful club than a buy. Yeah, well, then that shows that Canberra wasn't the right choice, with all due respect to everyone. Oh, I mean, a delay for one season is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Well, why and... the de- hang on, but why the delay? They were announced at the same think... time. Why is it that Auckland can get their ducks in a row and Canberra can't? I think a lot of it is to do with the existing Canberra United and the onboarding for that to bring it into one club. I think that's that, the sticking look, point. That, that is a logistical issue, yeah. no doubt. But I, I would have thought that that would that you could resolve that issue mm. somehow. Which I, I imagine it will be, but it just may take a little bit extra negotiation and everything that goes with that for As, the I, setup of the club. It, it may yeah. cause a little bit extra delay, which means they'll miss the end of December deadline which is in place because in January you can start negotiating with players to come in yes, and sign them on Bosman's and um, be ready for October when the new season mm. starts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get the sense that it's going to be a season behind, just like yeah, I th- I think it was a season yeah. behind Western United. I think you're right. If they were ready, they would have been announced already, mm. I suspect. But, yeah, look, strange things have happened, so they might get ready shortly. Who knows? This side of Christmas. We'll find out. We will Let's find so. out. Hmm. Indeed. So, do we go to the Matildas now? Let's do it. What did you make of it? Disaster. Really? I think so. Considering the side that was put out on the park? I think any time you lose 5-0 is a disaster. Sure, sure. It's not character building? No. See, I'm playing advocate here, right? I think (laughs) with that team that was put out... I agree with you. That team that was put out, I don't buy the line that it's detrimental to the players. I don't think it's detrimental to the players. That, for instance, a Matilda who took the field against Canada, their career is going to have a setback because they're involved in this result. I don't buy that line at all. Definitely not. Quite a bit around. I don't buy that. Um, but what I will say is that game doesn't offer any positives at all in the sense of the Olympics. I agree. Can you get a read on some of these players? Yeah, you sure. may as well have not played the game. Mm, I agree. I agree. Should Tony G have mixed it up a little? Yes. Pun intended. As far as hey, <laughs> you know, um, experience versus you know, debutantes and inexperience. I think yeah, there should, should have been, should have, should have been, yeah, abs- <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> so the, the sides that he's been playing for this, for, you know, because there's no doubt from what you can see is that the second friendly on Wednesday, our time, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be the favoured 11 barring the players that are injured. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be more international windows between now and the Olympics. I don't think, so if this was the final window before, Paris 24, mm-hmm. or even getting closer to it. I can understand if there was a set team that Tony G wanted to put out and mm-hmm. have a, a strong hit out before the tournament. Great. I, I would understand that. Not a problem. But given we are still a ways off and there'll be more opportunities, I think there should have been more experimentation. And when I mean experimentation, I mean first team with one or two changes. Sure. Three most. And how does the team look with this player involved? Not... Give yeah. everyone a shirt, give everyone yeah. a chance, and you're just sending out a B team. What's the point? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I thought application was poor more so than the actual, you know, Canada being great. I mean, Canada could have put a, you know, any kind of score on, but the fact is is that when you're not shutting down players, you're not pressing, you know, you're not pressing where you need to press, you're not defending the way you should be defending, things are going to go wrong. And still, a couple of the goals were... No, they were of our own doing. It was yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
and uh, just a lack of application, really, mm. you know, or concentration. Um, is it going to be, you know, are they going to learn a lot from it? I think they will, actually. I think they will. I don't know if Tony's going to learn anything from it, but I think the players are. I think the players are going to learn a lot from it um, and will help him, you know, in good stead for years to come. I think that they will learn, take a lot from that loss. You would hope yeah. so anyway. Otherwise, like you said, where's the benefit, right? I yeah. think the, the benefit is that they were, you know, the players that were on the park realised the quality needed and the calibre that you're up against when you're playing decent international opposition. Yeah, and there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah, and and, that, and that's why I'm not that. Look, the result's ugly, there's no doubt. But, you know, it's a lesson that uh, that national teams need to learn every now and then. You get more out of losses. I, I, I you get more out of losses. The, you get more out of yeah, losses than than, the, do, than wins. You do, but I think you get more out of losses when you name your first team. When you name even no. something resembling a strong team. I, I tell you why I think this will hold. This will be a, a good thing for the future. It's because right now it's actually shown how deep the talent is, and we can't go past eleven. Well, fundamentally, when we should be in a position to at least have sixteen decent players, right? The five, yeah. the five, the five that come off the bench should be able to. It should be a plug and play type of thing, right? Even to the point where we're saying, hey, you know, we should have twenty two that you plug and play at at that level. Spain, England, the US, right? They have France. France. They will have that plug and play capability, right? We don't, and that was evident during the World Cup. And we need to develop that. And if this is the first step into developing that beyond Tony G as well, irrespective of what he does in the future, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You're surprised you're surprised by my way of thinking here. I am. I thought this section of the podcast would be reversed. I thought you'd be <laughs> ripping in and I'm sort of start trying to Look, find the middle ground. Effort. But it's the other way around. The effort, right? It wasn't there. The application wasn't there. The concentration wasn't there. If those things don't come into your way of playing, well, then you can't expect a different result to what was dished up. I think if those 11 players, again, were to play, the result would be better the next time because they would take a you know, they would take a lot from that. Do I think they would win? No. But I think it was a valuable lesson for them. See, look, these players were all just thrown in the deep end and naming completely changed 11, most of whom haven't had a whole lot of experience at mm. national team level. Mm. You're on a hiding to nothing. And yep. sure, it's a negative experience and You've got the to players who are going yeah. to get to the top, they can move past this and they're resilient Correct. enough to get through Correct. one bad game and... Correct. Uh, maybe it is character building for some players, but you got to, I in, don't think it provides any real benefit in the next twelve months. Okay, uh, twelve months is probably a bit short term. I would say that it would probably even go beyond that twelve months because yes, we know who the eleven are, right? Now in training, are they playing against each other enough? Possibly not. I'm not sure. We're not at training, but if you don't use these opportunities to uh, introduce the talent. Maybe you're not introducing ones. You're not. Well, you are, Nathan. You're not you, blooding you, the talent. You're just well, chucking them. You're throwing them to the wolves. Yes, but make three if, changes. Make four changes. If, Don't if, make eleven changes. Sure. Okay. Oh, look, I agree with you. I would have been more comfortable if it was five changes, even six. Right. But you need to, at some point, bring these players along. Now, if this is the way to do it, right? In Tony's wisdom, he thought this is the way to do it. Do I have a problem with it? I have a problem with the result and the way that they played. 
I don't have a problem with him with him actually using friendlies to do this, right? Because he's not going to. Let's be honest, he's not going to do this in Olympic qualifiers or in World Cups, as was seen, or in the Olympics or in the Asian Cup if he goes if he goes to the next one. But can he do it in Asian Cup qualifiers? Maybe, maybe depends where we are. They you know in years to come. I don't look. There's there's not really a meaningful tournament between the Olympics and and the Asian World Cup as far as qualifiers are concerned, because these in effect, you know, the Olympic qualifiers are doubling as Asian Cup qualifiers as well. Yeah. Right? So you're going to get used to seeing this a bit more, I think, with in these international windows after the Uzbekistan get, uh, home and away series. Well, things it doesn't provide any benefit to these players. Like, Say, for instance, you go to the Olympics, you play your first 11, and then someone gets injured. You bring someone in who hasn't been playing with the first 11. They've only been playing with the B team. They don't have any cohesion with the players that will be around sure. them. They have, but that's what it, can, it, look, uh, it looked like 11. Against Canada, it looked like 11 players who didn't know On their team. own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that, that I understand. But that's what these camps are for. That's what these camps are for, to try and build that. No, but because, the point is then they shouldn't be trying to build that with other B team players. Other no, they players. should be doing that with A team players. I agree. I yeah. agree with you. I understand. I look. I'm with you with regard to that. Do I think it's a bad? Uh, what I'm saying is I don't think it's a bad thing for the individual players, right? Because they'll get a lot out of it. As far as the team itself is concerned, yes, there wasn't much of a you know value in it, sure. But as far, but I think the value will be derived because of the experience that these players would have got gained and the lessons learned from an individual basis, and then they can bring that to the next time these players come to put on the shirt. That's my argument. We shall move on. We shall move on, Les. That, that's my I argument. I, I I disagree with it, but... Uh, I'm glad you disagree. Yeah, I mean... No, I'm glad you disagree. Yeah. Look, and, and but look, maybe I've got a slightly longer-term view of it as compared to yourself, right? Because I actually think it will serve these players well in years to come. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. But I'm, not, I'm, my, not trying to, I'm not trying to convince yeah. you. No, I'm just, no, you know, likewise. that's my point, yeah. But my sort of side of it is that I've got the Olympics in mind. Sure. And we saw a lack of rotation at the World Cup. And yeah. I think based we get, we're on see it again. the performance of the 11 players mm. from the Canada Friendly, we may see it indeed again. So I was just going to say, sorry, I was just going to say, to that point, I agree with you. And I think the trouble is now, the only negative I can see from this is Tony's going to Tony's going to say, I made changes and look what happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm you, going you've thrown I'm the going, baby out with the bathwater. I'm going back to my mixtape. Laz... I got the Olympics in mind with all this because a lot of these players, I think, won't feature that much, and uh, uh-huh. some players that won't feature much at all is Sweden. What's going on in Europe? Sweden won't be at the Olymp- at the Olympics, which in is Paris twenty four for the it, first time ever, which is insane. Mm. Which is insane. And do you put that down to obviously? I mean, they weren't good enough to uh, to get there, right? Um, they had Spain in their group, so obviously they weren't going to knock off Spain. But the fact is, is that. Only three European nations would make it to the Olympics. It's a 16-nation tournament. Mm-hmm. France are the hosts, so obviously they, they take up one spot, but they finish top of the, <laughs> their group anyway yeah. because it, it, it's the Nations League effectively that is acting as the qualifying tournament for this. So, And I think I'm right in saying that the four nations at the moment, Nathan, are mm-hmm. Spain, France, right, who so France have already got a ticket, um, Netherlands, which could be disputed with England, depending on how big a win England get over Scotland, right? Who's the yeah. other nation? Uh, it's looking like it might be Germany. Yes, that's right, Germany. So, 
who have bounced back quite nicely after a disappointing World Cup. And that's why they were forgettable, right? So... Yeah, very much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. So, in effect, you've got Germany, England, or Netherlands currently, but depending on how big a result um, England gets against Scotland. So it's either England, mm. England or Netherlands, right? Yeah, it's on head-to-head, head, I think, the yeah. first tiebreaker. So, oh, okay. Right. Um, I, I believe that's the case. I'm right. happy to stand corrected, but sure. um, England means... need a result from Belgium to get something off the Dutch yeah. right. to be able to get there. Seven. And similarly for uh, Germany, they're level on points at the moment with Denmark, so the Danes mm. need a, a result mm. um, to open the door for them to get to the Olympics. So, But right now, as it sits, from what I've seen, is Germany's at the top of the table, Netherlands at the yep. top of their, their league, mm-hmm. and uh, France is, but they're going anyway in Spain. So they're, yep. they're, those... Other three nations uh, will dis- determine the other two spots currently, allowing for what you've uh, just outlined there. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's very tough to get to the Olympics. Mm. And it, a lot of it does depend on the draw. And I think it's disappointing that Sweden won't be there because they're a powerhouse in women's football. They've been in the Olympics every single iteration. But I guess when you're in, when you're in the same group as Spain, then, I mean... As soon as the draw was made, everyone would have been saying at the time, "Oh, geez, Oof. that's really tough." Like yeah, one of yeah. these two teams would, weren't going to make it. Mm. And I mean, finishing second in a group behind the world champions is not exactly a, a negative, but missing out on the Olympics is. Yeah, no, completely understandable. Completely understandable. But it just goes to show the shifting power in Europe with regards to to women's football, and that Sweden's position would have been a given in years gone by. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's no longer the case, given the rise of Spain, you know, um, and uh, other nations as well in Europe. Yeah. And these last fixtures that we're waiting on are going to be happening in the next couple of days. So uh, by the time we next record, we'll know whether it is England or the Dutch that get to the Olympics, which one misses out, and likewise for Germany and Denmark. So uh, I think uh, those games are going to be on Wednesday or Thursday morning. Uh-huh. And uh, are they on Optus Les? I haven't noticed. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. We'll need to check that out, and and, um, mm. and you know maybe we can just check this out during the uh, course of this recording. But yeah, it's. I would have thought so. That though, Nathan, I would have thought that um, they, they might have the deal, but they might not. They might not. But speaking about Optus, who aren't sponsors, and Europe, did you see the Euro twenty twenty four draw? I did. Did you see what Very happened? Tasty. Did you well? Yes. Did you see? <laughs> did you see what happened during during the drawing of pot A? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, look. I think everyone has been caught out by that sound at some point, right? In a yep. professional environment, even the mighty BBC has been caught out by that sound mm-hmm. right? during a draw. That they have. However, uh, I, I how... thought it was the sounds of Albania getting fucked. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch! Well, <laughs> I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting that from you, but okay. <laughs> um, having said that, I jeez, how do you come back from that? I, I thought it was actually, uh, you know, I thought it was a German that um, a German yeah. ha- a, 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 a German hacker actually doing something like that, and actually, you know, in being pot A or being Group A. Right, mm. Germany being mm. host, I thought they're insinuating that uh, Germany would be in that position. But so, anyhow, um, yeah, 
<laughs> I've thrown you there, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. That's, but that's what I was kind of uh, mm. going to lead to, but I didn't think you'd mention Albania, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Albania have been based off this draw. Well, uh, look, yes. However, um, they've got nothing to lose. But, you, you know, but yes. How is well, it? Three games that they might lose. That's right. <laughs> uh, however, having said that, how is it that on such a stage where this is a live to air kind of draw and, and everything that goes into it and all the preparation and all that, that somebody can actually do this? It, it just <laughs> is insane to me. It's so good. It's I, I, so was, good. I was watching the draw and going, surely not. Sure, sure, like I'm, I'm thinking. I was thinking it was somebody's mobile. You know, somebody's opened up a WhatsApp message and then it's gone. Yep. Because, geez, I mean, it's ha- it's happened to all of us. Well, it's happened to me. And you know, from you know, where you just open up a, a message and oh, and you get oh, geez, right? And I know well, from you know, at, you've opened up a WhatsApp message of uh, sex yeah, noises. Less. Look, let's not pretend that it hasn't happened. It has, <laughs> <laughs> and I've been caught out. And and I won't mention names, but I can tell you that yes, <laughs> there are certain messages now from certain people that I won't open up at certain times. <laughs> <laughs> Right, for fear of that noise being played now <laughs> because they normally get you. So, yes, and it's uh, it's quite funny to see who's actually being got. Now, your wife has been got. Yes, and, big time. And, and for that to happen, now the next thing you know that's going to happen is that in the USA 2026 World Cup draw, this is going to happen somehow. Oh, it's, it, yeah, someone's got to <laughs> one-up. It, like uh, yeah, someone, <laughs> exactly right. Someone's going to one-up and odds on it's going to happen. How does this happen, though? I, like, you know, you'd think these organisations are essentially hack-proof, but anyway, all these broadcasts are hack-proof because well, I don't understand how this occurs. Yeah, I don't know either, but... BBC, very, I can but, Very funny nonetheless. Well, BBC, I can understand, but... Um, UEFA, I just can't. <laughs> mm. I just can't. And it was so awkward just watching those on the stage, just looking at each other like, what do we do? Do we continue? Like, And yeah, well, that was still proceeding with a draw while it was playing in the background and eventually yeah. stopped it. Yes, but <laughs> the actual guy doing the draw from UEFA is actually has referred to it during the broadcast. <laughs> you know, it's insane. Instead of just like acting like it didn't happen. Well, you know, maybe that's the way to handle it. I, I don't know. I mean, Gary Lineker, you know, seemed to handle it okay when that happened to him. But, um, yeah, it's – with this time, geez, it's absolutely insane. And why does it have to be that noise all the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's a world-famous noise now, that's for sure. Well, if it wasn't that before – certainly is. If it wasn't before the draw, it is now, like I can tell yep. you. But um, – and that's why I've said every you know, every one of us has been caught out by it mm-hmm. at some but point. But let's, let's talk about this draw. Mm. I mentioned Albania. They've been yes. drawn into a group with Spain, Croatia, and Italy. Group of death. Is it, though? Yeah, it is. Or is it, though? No, it is. It's the group oh, of death. God. Group D might be uh, very close to that mark as well. All right, so let's go group by group, okay? So yep. Germany, group A. Germany, Switzerland. Who else? Uh, Scotland and Hungary. There you go. So- Scotland, and I make that the group of life. Mm, yes, because Germany's so poor. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I actually yes. think Scotland. I actually think Scotland will break con- convention and um, and tradition and actually qualify out of a group. What your thoughts? I mean, the expectation is on Germany to get out of the group, to win the group, the hosts, and they yes, might, they've been in a in, in a bad spot recently. But they, they might not. Can't. 
They oh, might nice. they might not listen. Hang on. Look, effectively, you've got um six groups, twelve, right? So top two in each group. You've got four of the six third place teams, which will make it into the round of sixteen. Yeah. So I think Scotland actually will finish in one of those top three places in that group. It's gonna to be tough. Like it's not an easy group, but I think that they can actually do it. No, it's a very much a, a group on par. Mm. with each other. Maybe Germany should be a cut above the others, but I like what I see from Hungary. So do I. And Switzerland are always a team to get out of the group. When do they ever fail mm. to qualify out of a group? I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think it's ever happened. Um, mm. It's really tough. I think maybe Scotland can sneak into third, but... Look, I think Germany have, are under a lot of pressure and they could, you know, this could be a tournament that doesn't work out well for them. I've seen some suggestions that they might get a change in the dugout before the tournament. I don't see that. I don't you, see it either. They've only just appointed Nagelsmann. I, I think you gotta give him the I think you gotta give him the tournament. You're at home. Surely. Hiding to nothing. You know, see what happens. Right? Group B is the group of death. It is. Group B is the group of death. Right? Um Spain, Croatia, Italy, Albania. Albania you know, winning their group, right? In qualifying. Strong qualifying. Yes, you can translate that form into Euros. Um and they will be a nuisance side against all these teams. Oh, they will. Yeah. Um, so, and that's why I maintain that your assertion before is harsh. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do I think that they'll qualify out of the group? I don't think they'll be top two. No. Um, but look, I can't see Albania not finishing last. To be honest, same. I think they'll be a, they'll be very difficult in every game they play. But you know, I would expect Spain Croatia to the bigger points. Correct. And and that's the thing, right? Now, this group will be very close, though. Mm. It will be very close, right? And it could come down to this could be the tightest group in Euro history, to be fair, right, with draws and things like that. It's just going to be – it's just going to be a fascinating watch, this mm-hmm. one. It really is. And you saw – you may have seen the, the faces that uh, the Spain manager was making as the group mm-hmm. was being made. He, he mm. saw uh, Albania, Croatia and – Italy come out, it's like, oh, no, oh, yeah. no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look. <laughs> that's it, a sentiment. It, oh, boy, what a group we've got. What a tough task. Italy being a group, a pop four team as the holders. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what what face would you expect them to pull? Yeah, aye, aye, aye. Yeah, you know. Uh, and that's what makes these Euros so fascinating to watch. Yeah. Right? It, it's a, not a very easy tournament. Like, it's they're very difficult to win. They're very difficult to win. But it's run- harder to win the Euros than it is the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, but bloody World Cups are bloody hard as well. Oh yeah, I mean you saw what happened, you know. And it, I, I should we should mention that it's a year ago today, I think, or was it two days ago? Oh, must have come up on my feed on Insta that um, Australia Argentina. Yeah, round of sixteen. Yeah, it was played. So it's either and, uh, maybe, uh, maybe a year ago yesterday. Yeah, I still think of Garang's miss at the end. And what <laughs> and, could have been? And Emmy Martinez save. Yes. Yep. How history would have been different. Mm. Mm. Group C, Slovenia, Denmark, Serbia, England. Easy draw for England. Jeez. You know, with no disrespect to Slovenia, Denmark, and Serbia. Yeah, I mean. Come on. That's that's as good a draw as you can get if you're England. Group D, playoff winner A, which is is either Wales Wales, and I don't have it in front of me at the moment. It's just uh, dropped Poland, off. Here we go. Estonia, Wales, yes. Finland. There yep. you go. You got it. Yeah. Wales, Finland, uh, Poland, Estonia. Right. One of those four. Um, Netherlands, Austria, and France. I think that's 
a ver- that's a very difficult group. Yeah, I'm surprised that playoff winner C didn't get in there. So it would be Greece, Netherlands, France again. <laughs> like the qualifying group. <laughs> when I saw the draw, I was like, oh, for God's sake, France again? <laughs> now you just want Greece to win the playoff. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be that group. It'll just be Austria just joining the, the dance, you know? Yeah. Um, and but Austria uh, are going to be a real problem. They are. In this group. Saw, saw them play against Germany and mm. um, in the recent friendly, and they are going to be a nuisance factor for, you know, um, yeah, Wales, Finland, Poland, Estonia. Whoever's going to be of those four, unlikely to be Estonia, but, you know, the favourites are Wales and Poland. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, whoever's going to be in there, I think we'll just be making up the numbers because I think Netherlands, Austria, France, the, the qualifiers come from those three. Yeah, and Austria are going to be the uh, dark horse that everyone picks, the mm. uh, roughy that um, people who want to choose a uh, non-obvious pick to go deep in the tournament, that's going to be the one um, that'll be popular, mm. just like Turkey was at the last Euros. Correct. Everyone was thinking, oh, can Turkey go and do something? Um, but they were very disappointing. They didn't even get going in, in the group in Euro 2020, but maybe Austria with that little bit of uh, that intrigue. Can they do something? Can they spring a surprise? They can. It's just whether or not they can realise it. I think they could get two wins, Austria, out of this group. They could. They could. Um, and it could be the Dutch and the playoff winner. The playoff yeah. winner of yeah. you know. So, um, sorry to say for yourself there, Nathan, but yeah, I think that could be the case. Um, group E, Les. Yeah, Group E. So, um, Belgium, Slovakia, mm-hmm. Romania, and, and playoff B winner, which will be one of Israel, Iceland, Ukraine, and Bosnia. Bosnia. Yeah, Bo- yeah. That's a tough group. <laughs> and look, I think you know what. I think the winner of Bosnia and Ukraine goes through. Like the yeah. winner of that semi-final yeah. goes through in path yeah. B. Um, yeah, but look, Ukraine, that's a very difficult group. Israel, well, yeah, but even Bosnia, they're, a, mm. you know, I was going to say there's something else there. They're a nuisance of a nation to play against. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure about Israel and Iceland. Look, you know, Israel, highly emotive. Iceland, done it before in 2016. Don't see this yeah. time around. No, they're not the same team. They're not the same team. So and there's no expectation for them to be the same team. Like no, correct. We correct. know Iceland are a small country. What is it, three hundred thirty thousand population, and, something like that. Yeah. And for them oh. to even do anything on the international stage is a, is an amazing feat. So 2016 will always be a, a highlight for them. But yeah. I think to look at them and expect something similar this time around is uh, a little bit wider the mark for them yeah. to uh, knock off Israel will be a success. Yeah, um, look. They try their luck against the winner of Bosnia and Ukraine. Yeah, I see the winner of Bosnia Ukraine semi final going through that to to that group E. Um, yeah, and let's say it's Ukraine, right? I do I think, see them getting out of the group Ukraine if it is to be them. If it is Ukraine, yeah, I agree because that. Um, but Romania uh, resurgent, mm-hmm. um, and it's about time. Yeah, yeah, Belgium. I have to say that I'm really not all that fussed with them. I'm over them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they after the stinky World Cup last year. I don't yeah, think they regenerated it enough. And yeah, look, they'll get they'll do what they need to do to get through. Yeah, but I don't see them being a threat for this thing. No, right, and I'm not excited by them. No, and if it was Belgium in 2018, different story, right? Mm, but no, not now. Yeah, I'd see Belgium getting out of the group, but I don't see them getting much beyond that. Group F, Group F, Turkey. Yeah, playoff winner C, which is. The winner of 
Greece, Kazakhstan, Georgia, and Luxembourg, mm-hmm. and Portugal and Czechia. Now, if Greece happened to make this group, uh, this is going to be a fiery group. Big time. Like, I'm, I'll be right. looking forward very much to Greece-Turkey. Especially the opening fixture. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. It's And to be played in Germany, my goodness. Mm. Oof. Yeah. It's the diaspora, the Turkish diaspora in Germany in particular is quite large, but there is a large Greek diaspora in Germany as well. Yep. Right? Um, yeah. I think UEFA would love to have Greece there. I don't know if the two, if Turkey or Greece would like to be playing against each other. <laughs> I don't know if the German police would like it. Um, but uh, all jokes aside, I think that if Georgia or Greece make it, you know, it'll, it'll either be Georgia or Greece, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll be very surprised. I'll be very surprised if because um, Greece are playing Kazakhstan at home. Um, I'll be very surprised if they lose that one, mm-hmm. and I'll be equally surprised if Luxembourg actually knock off Georgia. I'd be more surprised. Right. Um, having watched Georgia look, play. Look, Greece are the favourites to come through here. It's just whether they can handle the pressure of being the favourites. Um, so the history, you know, so obviously there's that uh, Turkish-Greek rivalry, right, um, which goes back, you know, but let's talk football, right, or seriousness. <laughs> I mean, it goes back years, <laughs> but, you know, eons, but it's in football terms. Look, it's it's quite a fierce rivalry as well. Uh, and Greece-Portugal. Uh, has uh, Euro history as well with Greece winning, you know, um, their um, Euro t- 2004 in Portugal and defeating Portugal twice. So, and this Portugal side is really is a dark horse for the Euro, I think. I mean, they are a dark horse I, for this Euro. I want to say yes, but I haven't seen them against a good side yet. They've been on easy street for a long time now. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Sekia are a hard one as well, actually. Yeah, they're, I mean they're, they're plucky. They're plucky. They are. Look, I'd say if Greece make the group, they make if they make it to the group. Second is on the table for them. Either second or um, one of the best, better third qualifying teams. Mm. I um, think second is achievable out of this group. It is. It is. Look, you know, having having seen them play. Look, the only thing, like I said to you uh, last week, Nathan, is the games that stick out in my mind. Um, or the performances against the Dutch. They tend to struggle against the Dutch and the Danes for some reason, right? Um, for some reason, just traditionally, the, the Greeks always tend to struggle against those teams. But that being said, their performances against the French where, you know, they really, they should have had taken four points off the French and they only took one. And that's the thing that kind of, you know, sticks my crawl. Yes, the French are the second best team in the world, right? But um, the performances that Greece had were warranted. I'm not sure if Poyet has still figured out his best eleven. I think he's trying to be too clever by half when he makes his team selections, and that could be the downfall. But let's wait and see what happens. Let's indeed. Let's shall we move on? Indeed. Where shall we go? Shall we stick on um, continental football? Yeah, why not? Let's go. I want to head around the other side of the world. Okay. Because I've got a you don't want a little to bit off. of a, a story here. I was going to say, you don't want to tee off in Champions League. Old news. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Well, look, I know we you, are, you know, we, it's a week. <laughs> look, you know, we do cover the week's happenings. Yes. Right? No, we do cover the week's happenings, but yes. And um, yeah, I, I thought we were going to stay on the European continent. Andrew, just uh, quickly point out some highlights of the European football 
All right. Week in club, in club let's land. In club land. <laughs> that was. Um, Olympiakos got hammered, sticking with the Greeks. Hammered mm. 5-0 against Freiburg. Didn't see I'm that sure happen. you had a smile on your face. I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, whilst, uh, you know, Bulk go away to Eintracht Frankfurt and win, mm, which you pick, we know which you pick, which is a big result, right? And well, and well done to them, right? Um, Brighton, I'm just doing the, the Greek uh, clubs here just quickly. Brighton, uh, you know, defeated Ajax at home and uh, Panathinaikos lost as well. But it looks like uh, all three clubs that are playing Europa League will drop into the Conference League in third which uh, yeah. and join and, and join bulk, which will make an interesting round of thirty-two. It certainly would, and yeah. look, I think the conference league is there to be won. I think. I think so. Maybe Aston Villa are strong favourites to take it out. Villa. As is mm. whichever Premier League team starts that competition is always going to be the favourites now. Yeah, Villa is like biggest, where Sam was yeah. last season. Yeah. But yeah, I think if Olympiacos drops in, then that's. Yeah. A good opportunity for them. Maybe, maybe. Look, Villa are the biggest threat in there. Um, whoever is playing, um, you know, out of the Spanish and French leagues are always, and the Italian leagues are going to be mm. the the big ones there, right? So, um, but yeah, it'll uh, it'll definitely be a watch the space. But um, Liverpool, the Europa League favourites, Roma up there. Um, you know, it's an interesting, interesting. Uh, tournament that Europa League. I think that's a really tough one uh, to win. It's a really I tough one to win Europa League. The favourite for the Europa League for mine is whoever drops down from the PSG Newcastle group. Not not <laughs> not Liverpool. On a par for mine. Oof, okay. Because I think Liverpool come February March are maybe going toe to toe with City and that becomes a priority. So it's, it'll be Liverpool B team against whoever sure. else is in the competition. And Roma. Yeah. Look, Mourinho. Yeah, you know he wants he, to win this one. He does, he does, and he's getting a a, a good tune out of Lukaku. Mm, that he is. That he is. It's a case of whether they can hang with the big clubs in that competition, which they may only have to do in the semis and the final, depending Correct. on the draw. But that's Correct. a good thing about uh, the Europa League. There's uh, plenty of opportunities for plenty of clubs. Laz, I know you want to talk about the Champions League. I know you want uh... to talk about your black and white boys. No, nah, well, look, and how they were stiffed out of three points. <laughs> They were. Let, let's let's be honest. They were. Um, that is a bum call. It, I know that you're going to say technically it's right. What's handball these days? Seriously, when it hits your torso and then mm. it bounces off you, you know, it, it goes straight into your arm. Yep, below the sleeve, right? Sure, but you basically have to defend nowadays with your hands behind your back, and that's really what it comes down to. You can't yeah. have your hand in a. I would deem that that his hand was in the natural position because he's actually in the motion of running, right? But but it's not. But but it's not, and you can't. And it's according it's, to the rule book. It's and it's yeah. and it's and it's a ridiculous rule. And it is. Um, you know, apparently it is going to be uh, debated again in January, in February, with IFAB, with a as it should be, with you know, come March mm-hmm. to um, you know, hopefully the rule does change in in the next season, but. That is just a bum handball call. It really is. It's terrible, you know. And the problem is that incident would not be a handball in the Premier League. No, it wouldn't be. Because there's a different interpretation of the rule. And correct, that is bonkers in and of itself. Why you've got a different handball rule in Europe compared to a domestic league. Correct. That doesn't make any sense to me. It should be universal. Correct. And the problem is they've tried to make handball black and white. They've tried to take the subjectivity out of a handball decision, which is never a good thing because 
the only thing that's objective in football is whether or not the balls cross the line and everything uh-huh. else is up to interpretation uh-huh. and trying to fit a subjective rule into an objective rule book is never going to work well and it just leads to frustration. Nathan, you can't deem that a deliberate handball. And my, no? you know, and, and it the, basically the handball rule should be, is it deliberate? Now, that's how you're going to resolve it. I saw one suggestion and... This has been a hot topic across many other forums over the past mm. week, mm-hmm. as a controversial handball always is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who it was, but it, it might have been someone on uh, one of the, one of the athletic podcasts. It, mm-hmm. they, their suggestion was that uh, because at the moment the punishment doesn't fit the crime for handballs. No, right? The handball that was conceded by Newcastle shouldn't result in a 80 percent chance of a goal, meaning Correct. a penalty. Correct. But that's disproportionate. Mm-hmm. So the suggestion was, oh, and the the punter, their name escapes me at the moment, um, but that if there is a UEFA-style handball yep. and they want to punish these handballs, the punishment shouldn't be a 75-80% chance at a goal, meaning a penalty. It should be an indirect free kick. I'll go along with that. I think, I think that's a decent middle ground. I and- think, you know what, and if it, yes, and I'll tell you what, if that's the case, I would be happy to concede yeah. That, that like to say, okay, if it, if the ball touches the hand, if we're going to mm. say, okay, the ball touches the hand, and at any point, it doesn't matter if your hand's in a natural position, not, not uh, you know, an unnatural position, and if it's deliberate or not, as soon as it touches the hand, it's handball, indirect free kick, happy to go with that. And that was in the proximity between the 18 yard box and the six yard box. Okay, that's a good, even better. Yeah. Even uh, better. I brought it up because I think it's a very good solution think, to this I think, problem. I think it's a great solution, actually. I think it's and very, very clever. I think it would take out a lot of the frustration because, I mean, we don't see enough indirect free kicks at the at, to begin with. I, I think they're great in the entertainment where you uh-huh. see five or six players on the goal line trying to block something. <laughs> it's a, it's fun. And Nothing. you very rarely see them go in. Yes. And there's a lot of excitement around it. I think much more so than a penalty these days because IFAB have taken away a lot of the power from goalkeepers, which is a separate issue altogether, but well, I think yes. uh, the indoor free kick is a good solution. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great, great idea. And whoever that pundit was, good luck to him because they've, um, I think they've resolved a issue. But you know what? I, I would not only just say between the 18-yard and six-yard line, I would actually just go to the box, the whole box, right? Because- I think the issue comes like if someone's on the line, and it, it touches the hand, then maybe there's a bit more of a gold. If it's a gold, like a, like if it's a deliberate handball where you're actually trying to prevent a goal from going in, mm. then it's a red card and a penalty. Yeah, it's a, that, yes. that would be the only time it would be subjective. That would be the only thing because then that handball is deliberate. Yeah, and that's a separate thing altogether. But I think if there's a, I don't like these UEFA handballs, but I think if there is one of these UEFA handballs near enough to the goal line, then you could probably say the ball was going to go in. Maybe that should be a penalty, but that's something to be thrashed out. Yep. Which I think is why I like the 18 to 6 yard box element to it. But the problem is now you're going to see forwards just trying to chip the ball up onto hands. Mm-hmm. And in the Champions League, whenever that happens, it's going to be a penalty. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Well said. Well said. But you must be proud of the performance that you got out of your, the tsunami against PSG. Oh look! Oh, look! I thought they were. I thought they were good for the win. I thought they were going to get it. I thought they deserved mm. it. Um, you know, yes, Paris were attacking the line, but uh, I'll tell you what, it should have been two 0 Isak misses that uh, before he scored his goal, and 
yeah, it's just unfortunate that he couldn't um, couldn't take advantage of the other opportunity that was presented to him. Um, but Real Madrid again against Lazio, uh, sorry against Napoli, I should say. We'll get on to Lazio in a minute. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why we're chuckling about that. Yes, but um, yes, but with regards to and it's not very nice, I should say that reason, but it's quite you know it was humorous. Uh, now. Uh, but we, yes, Real Madrid versus Napoli. Another entertaining game. Another Bellingham's entertaining goal. game. And Bellingham's goal. Oh, oh my God, what a goal. <laughs> yeah. The full yeah. sequence. The full sequence is just amazing. Like yeah. 26 passes and yeah. Napoli get a little bit of a touch on that. Quite unquote challenge on Rodrigo, but just beautiful. Carlo, don't leave. Honestly, don't leave Real Madrid. Why? Why would he leave? What, Why to would go, he leave? To go coach Brazil? What for? What for? Yeah. The challenge? Okay, I get it. But coach, you, you know, don't don't leave. Don't leave Real Madrid. Not now. You've got the makings of a very, very good squad. And can we just mention Tony Cruz? Yeah, still got it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, that player. Yeah, he's... He's been immense. He has Incredible. For everything he's achieved, I think he's still underrated as a player. <laughs> <laughs> World Cup winner, champion, yeah. countless Champions Leagues. Countless La Liga titles, yeah, underrated. Right, seriously. Yeah, I think uh, he is. I, 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 I can't disagree with you. Pardon me. I can't disagree with you. It, it's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. Given, you know, that um, he's been around for so long. But, yeah, insane. Absolutely insane. Mr. Consistent, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and he is he is just a joy to watch. He's like Bellingham. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, um, oh, let me ask you something on Carlo, though. Carlo, mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll get to Galatasaray in a minute. Oh, uh, <laughs> we have to. <laughs> That's why you didn't want to talk about European football. I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you've you've found me out, haven't you? And yes, I have found you out, Nathan, because that's why you didn't want to talk about European football. But that's okay. I get it completely. Understand, <laughs> right? Um, tell me what you we think. Will, of this. We will. We will. I know. Uh, tell me what you think of this. Carl Ancelotti mentioned uh, in some comments that football footballers today um, are. Of a completely different ilk and can't be compared to the likes of footballers in the nineties, the likes of Zidane. So you can't compare. It's unfair to compare Bellingham to Zidane because their physiques are totally different. The game has totally changed. The demands on you know being so mobile and and running, um, you know, and being so, I guess. Uh, having the kind of fitness that you need to run up and down and actually press and do all those kind of things is completely different to the football of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, he's right. You can't compare the intensity. You can't compare the scheduling. Mm. You also can't compare the sports science. I completely agree. Completely agree. And the nutrition and the 24-7 focus that Mm. players have now Mm. because football at the absolute top level has become more and more on a par that it is... Absolutely, in the one percents that make mm, a difference. Yeah, but there'd be some players that played in that those eras, which would, would translate to any era. Sure. I think. I, I mean, when the suggestion is who's a better player, Zidane or Bellingham, or <sighs> like, oh when man, you are comparing eras, <laughs> hard to compare, like, hard to hard to compare, hard to compare. Van Basten, Lewandowski, like yeah, comparing yeah. eras, it's always difficult. I think. The only way that you would ever be able to solve it is getting someone, a clone of Van Basten and putting him through the system now, putting a clone as a Dan into the system. Now, you can't compare because even at a younger age, the development is vastly different and vastly Correct. more professional. Correct. And Correct. 
the players that were at the absolute pinnacle in the 90s and earlier, they'd be even better in today's standards. Yes. I would think. Oh, I, I would think so. I would think so. But uh, interesting discussion point nonetheless. I've got a quote. Yeah, it is. I've got a quote. It was mentioned uh, Lazio versus Celtic and the romp that um, Lazio made. Uh, I've got a quote here. Tell me who said it. Brendan Rodgers is the worst coach I've ever had. Character. He was number one as far as training sessions were concerned. What with keeping possession of the ball and the small side games. But as a person, he was a disaster. Wolf. It's a harsh, harsh quote. It is. um, You want me to guess who said it? Yep. Just thinking, who's he coached that's now in the media a bit? I'm going to have a a, uh, a guess for uh, Daniel Sturridge. Mm, Similar vintage. Mm-hmm. Same same club. Go on, same, who is it? Why always me? Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Mara Balotelli. Yes. See, he never really got going at Liverpool, did he? Nope. Um, yes, but um, there you go. There you have it. But um, yeah, Lazio gave uh, Celtic an absolute hiding. Yes, uh, to no one's surprise. Oh, on, on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah. Based on that uh, sign that you sent me as well, (laughs) 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 which is very, very derogatory, disparaging, but nevertheless, yes, uh, it was. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. Yes, Uh, the uh, we'll just say just something. It's about famine, right? Yeah, I have it here. Uh, You're going to say the whole thing, okay? Yeah, I'll read it out. Okay. The uh, Lazio supporters had a nice long banner, and it was directed at the Celtic. Team and supporters, the famine is over. Go home, fucking potato eaters. <sighs> ah, there you go. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. And no need for that. There's no need for that. I mean, I wouldn't expect any less of Lazio, to be honest. Yeah, they're probably the most unsavory of the two clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Lazio and Rome, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, they're probably the probably the most unsavory club in Italy, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, they have a way with uh, their fans have a way with words. And actions, mm, yeah. Um, yes, I get the gist, but yeah, it's not. It is. It's not one way to treat your guests, is it? Really? No, it's not. You know. Um, but look, Celtic lost on the night again. They went. They got hammered. Is it now? Is it fifteen games now mm. without a win? Yeah, I think I saw it's the longest run for any British team ever in Europe. Mm, mm. They're just not on this level. No, and they are worse than they were last season, big time. And okay. Look, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. If Rogers was in Andrew's position now, would would Spurs be where they were or where they are? Oh no, no, I, no I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think so. Not a chance. Not so, a chance. Yeah, I, that I I agree with you there. So, yeah, um, I think Celtic could make a, a decent run in the Europa League, but I don't think they can really get in a position to play in the Europa League because I think they're out. No, like just in general. Oh, in general, like, yeah, absolutely. They're going to win the league more often than not, particularly now that they're getting more Champions League money, more slices of the pie. Correct. In this, in the case of this season, they got the entire pie for the Champions League. Yeah, correct. That's putting them well past Rangers. Mm. So Celtic probably have a 70% chance of winning the league in the upcoming seasons, meaning they're straight into the Champions League group stage, which clearly, based on what we've seen in recent years, they're not good enough to compete and even to get into third. Yeah. So win the league, finish fourth in the Champions League is probably going to be par for the course. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I agree. Completely. Completely agree. Um, one more thing before we move to what the events of Istanbul. Union Berlin, their coach, assistant coach, um, created history. Did he do? 
Marie-Louise Etta. So Marie-Louise, um, who um, is been recently promoted to assistant coach, is obviously uh, the first female coach to um, to be involved in the Champions League game. So um, congratulations to her. Yeah, congratulations which, indeed. Which is unreal. You know, it's fantastic to see. And I think we may see more in the years to come. Completely. And uh, Union Berlin, they need a little bit of help. Yes, they do. They're in a right mess. Yes, they do. And so they're staring down the barrel of relegation from the league, from the Bundesliga this season, and finishing bottom of the Champions League group. It'll, it'll be a miracle for them to not finish last now. Mm. They're two points behind Braga, one game yep. to play. Correct. And really, I don't see them getting anything, getting anything out of their uh, match day six game against Real Madrid, of course. No, that's true. But nonetheless, you know, wish Mary Louise well and congratulations on creating history because it's yeah, a sure. um, seminal moment. You know, it's brilliant to see. And um, hopefully, um, you know, there are other uh, women who are part of the coaching staff who um, can stand in the technical area and, you know, um, do what, you know, do what they love and do it well. Yeah, absolutely. Should absolutely. we move to, move to Istanbul? One more. One more. Ah, okay, one, one more, more thing. One more thing. I'm stalling. <laughs> yes, I can, I can see you, or padding or whatever it's called. Is that the, the yes. technical term for it? Yeah, padding, yes. Let's go. Um, did you see uh, in the Atleti game, uh, Rodri or Raquel May? Oh, is, uh, what a goal that was. Sorry. We should, what yes. a goal. What a yeah, goal that Hermoso. was. Yes, Hermoso, um, yes. Great great goal. But uh, Rodri or Raquel May got me out of the match from the game. All right. And uh, he got presented the uh, the trophy, which is a little mini Champions League ball with okay. the stars all put uh, together, like the stadium that they have on the yeah, sure. Springs. So it looks like that. So it isn't Diego Simeone grabbing his crutch and just, you know, going, <laughs> la puta. <laughs> no. Um, Sorry. Uh, his reaction to winning the award was uh, brilliant. And, I didn't say this. Uh, I'll uh, send it to you. And Great. It's it's amazing. It's you can see that it really means a lot to him. A lot of the time when players get individual like men of the match awards, they don't mm. really care. Right? Mm. And you can tell they don't care. Mm. Mm. Particularly when it's the Premier League one in particular looks sure. like just a tube. It's just a like tube. A, yeah. It looks, it's like, it looks like there should silver. be a, a small wine cask in it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A small wine bottle or something. Looks like a can of Pringles or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Um and the La Liga one looks like a urine sample if you've seen that. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and you're right. Oh, God. You shouldn't laugh about it, but anyway. No, yes. We should laugh about no, it. We it's should. ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. It what are they thinking? Yeah. Look, they've got everything else right, but they should have got that. They should have worked on that. Like the La Liga graphics and the La Liga, the way they present it on uh, Optus Sport, well, on their broadcast, is is really good. I, I've got to say it's a high standard. Yeah, that's great. And... Uh, hats off to the Liga TV for putting it all together. But mm. uh, getting back to... Uh, Man of the Match Awards. <laughs> Man of the Match Award, yes. Um, great to see. The guy was in tears. Awesome. And you can see how much it means to him. Uh, another one of these kids that are coming through at Atleti. Mm. Um, awesome. But that Hermosa goal. Oh, man. Oh, brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. Yeah. Reminiscent of Van Basten Euro 88 final. I'll take your word for it. Well, you got to watch it. Mm. If you've not seen that goal, right, do yourself a favour being of Dutch... Heritage, right? And I'll even give Rude Hullet the header that he scored. He should not have scored it from that far out, but it was an absolute bullet header. But uh, Van Basten's volley, um, the angle was a bit tighter on Van Basten's volley, but um, this in Mosul goal was just uh, insane, insane. Speaking of insane goals, I mean, we'll get to it later. 
Uh, we need to get onto this Man United, Galatasaray Man United thing. We need to put this to bed right now. Let's go. Because oh, it's because thing we're going to get into. Yeah, up. exactly right. So yeah. let's just get yeah. out of the pain yeah. now. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, and, we'll uh, be here all night. Oh, I might be here all night anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Drowning your sorrows. Yes. Uh, we need to give it a, a little bit. I mean, I've been skirting over United for the last couple of weeks, but uh, come on, take off. Yeah, Tee off. yeah. Tee off. Shall we start with the Champions League in Istanbul? Three three. They should not have thrown that game away. Doesn't matter where no. you're playing. You threw no. one up. You threw one up. You and at a team that you know is going to give you difficulty. You can't. Switch they off. didn't. They they weren't giving any difficulty. All the build up was about no. how yeah, Istanbul exactly. is a tough place to go. Welcome yeah, to hell. All yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that was it's built not, up to hey, high heaven. Galatasaray have got a brand new stadium. That is not the hell that. He used, yeah. you know, that the old that man you faced in the nineties, right? Yeah. Which was a different which was a hellhole, right? And compared the to the point is yeah. it's all this was built up saying oh it was a tough place to go, yada yada yada. It's not easy. Turns it's out, not easy. It's not easy, but it turns out Galatasaray are a bit crap. Yes, they are. United went two 0 up early doors. Yes. Coasting. Yeah. But it was three points in the bank mm-hmm. on their way to it. And then uh the mistakes from Andre Onana mm-hmm. again. I should add, mm-hmm. yes, he saved the penalty in the first match in, against Copenhagen, but mm-hmm. that's the only highlight from him in this Champions League group stage. It was essentially, it boils down to his mistakes, cost United progression from this group. And yes, I saw someone put out on Twitter, was uh, they were refuting the suggestions that Onana uh, single-handedly cost United a place in the knockout rounds in the Champions League, when in fact it was with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that sense of humor. That's awesome. Look, the fact is that you got that man. You still alive, right? Yes, you oh, do. Have, no, we're not. No, you we're do not. have to rely on a draw between Galatasaray and Copenhagen. Yeah, and we have to beat Bayern. And you have to beat Bayern. Now <laughs> that's not the, happening. The draw is more than likely more odds on to happen than you guys beating Bayern. With all due respect. Yeah, right? sure. So at least that, like you know, because those two teams will be trying to fight. Like they will be playing to win. But you could see that that game could be a draw. It could end up a draw, right? Yeah. Um, but United are not you know, going to beat Bayern Munich. I don't care if it's match six and they've and already wrapped up top spot. And I was just going to say that's where the trouble is, right? That United um, can't beat Bayern. No, they, they can't. They can't. They can't beat any decent team. Any team with any sort of cohesion, they can't beat. And and not this Bayern. It's not this Bayern. Not any Bayern. No, but not this Bayern and, with Harry Kane, who's scored like you know, is on twenty goals already or twenty whatever ridiculous figure he's on already. It's crazy. Yeah, and the problem is, and this is, I can copy-paste this when we talk about the backpack derby, um, mm-hmm. but it's personnel and it also is tactical reasons. Correct. Manchester United's midfield is non-existent, mm-hmm. and whether it be Amrabat or Kobe Mainu or mm-hmm. whoever playing in the number six in that holding midfield, mm-hmm. they're just left to do so much because Bruno Fernandes has the positional awareness of a wet paper bag and... Ooh. Scott McTominay just plays an, as an auxiliary attacker. Yep. And you're three one up away in Europe. Uh-huh. And he comes out after the game saying, Oh, it's disappointing to not win the game. We should have gone and scored another to kill it off. No, you're three one up away in Europe. Don't go looking for a fourth. Kill the game. Shut it down. Mm. That's it. Just play simple, keep the ball, pass it around, and see the game out. You don't need to win four one. You shouldn't look to just attack, attack, attack the entire game. Because you leave yourself open, and that game in the Champions League was a joke. That last half an hour was a joke. 
it was a basketball game. There was no midfield presence from either side, really, but particularly mm. from Manchester United, three one up. Mm. Why are they so open? And yeah. it's every week that yeah, but... there is no cohesion in the midfield off the ball. None. Okay. Do we? Yes, I agree with you there. Based on the last two games that I saw Man U play. Now, with regards to Anana, he should have done better. Let's be frank. Oh yeah. Okay. He should have. He made Zay. He made Sage look like he's uh, you know some kind of world better with. I mean, mind you, he scored a great goal on the weekend. But that being said, that was quality compared to what he scored against Man U. Right? What he scored against Man U, Anana should not have let him. And even for the third goal, I would say that Anana. Could have stopped at the near yeah. post. He shouldn't have not have conceded, right? The um, problem is, you may remember that yeah. when Joe Hart was in the sort of tail end of his top level mm-hmm. European career, mm-hmm. it became very widely known that if you shoot down to the left, yep. Yep. it's a weak it's a weak point and it's probably going to result in a dodgy parry or a goal. Sure. Already with Andre Onana, if you shoot early to the left, mm. that's his weak point. Yep. And it's the and, same thing. I mean, that's what caught him out for the third goal. It was yeah. an early shot. He wasn't set, and it was to his left, and it resulted in a goal. Yes, it was a great shot. Great but shot. Great shot. But yes, I agree. I think most top level keepers would deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. He's not the only keeper that's had a shocker. Donnarumma's had a shocker in the last uh, little while as well. Yeah. You know, um, but um, yes, look, I take your point with regards to Manu and the way that, you know, they should not have lost the, those points. Um, and the fact that you're playing against Galatasaray at home, at Galatasaray's home, yes, it's a difficult place to travel and all that kind of stuff. I get it, right? It's not the comfort of the UK, right? But it's not the hellhole that you know, the Alice Mead Stadium used to be or whatever, you know, the old Galatasaray Stadium was. Yeah. Now, um, with regards to the way that, um, you know, the match unfolded, I agree with you. Look, you know, this is why I wasn't keen on McTominay being linked to Newcastle. You know, no. yes, he can the get. The guy forward. can talk up a big game, sure, and he, he can score he, a great goal. Every I was going to say, then. yeah, he can get forward, he can score goals, but work rate is the issue, right? Uh, Bruno Fernandez is playing like a headless chook at the moment. Yeah, he is. Right. So and I don't know if it's a personnel thing, if it's a tactical thing. It has it's probably to be. both. Has to be. It's probably both because, as I say, the midfield they do this weird man man marking thing in the midfield. No, I don't get it because it why that's the setup. Because every decent team knows that if you have one fullback inverting or a winger coming across, as we saw on the weekend for Newcastle, how many times was uh, Gordon just coming inside mm. and just wreaking havoc? Because no one knows what to do mm. if there's an extra player in there. Mm. Yep. No, it's so true. simple to break down. I think, man, you were missing Casemiro, though, the experience of Casemiro right now. I yes, so. I know that. I, no, I do. I do. But, yeah, look, I think, unfortunately... Um, the chickens are coming home to roost for Man United as far as their recruitment being the issue. Um, Ten Hag might be the right manager, but the players aren't right. I mean, and we know who's going to win. Yeah, because it's easier to replace a manager than it is to replace seven players. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. And look, Man U need to stick with Ten Hag. They should, but they won't. They probably won't. I think the only thing that can save his job is whether or not this impending takeover, not not a takeover, I wish it was a takeover, but this minority <laughs> sale yeah. for the club and mm. Jim Ratcliffe and Dave Brailsford come in to take over the sporting side anyway. Mm. Whether or not they see a future with the current manager or not, I think that is the determining factor. I don't think the likes of John Mertz or Darren Fletcher will make that call. No, I agree. 
in the interim. I agree. I think that's the probably the thing that's keeping him in the job. And we'll come on to the Newcastle game in a moment. Gonna, but was, with ooh. Chelsea coming up on Thursday morning, Villa coming up, Anfield coming up, it's looking like a pretty ugly month of December. So much for being the form team of the uh, Premier League. Eh? Now, <laughs> it was always a joke. Yes. I think, but... I, I think I said last week, or maybe it was on another forum, but I said, uh, well, Manchester United are the form team in the league. I won't be taking any further questions. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, however, um, they were lucky just to only cop the one on the weekend. Oh, they were. They right. were. Newcastle uh, were very good. And yes, the scoreline did some flowers the, to Newcastle. Yeah, the scoreline didn't reflect how comprehensive Newcastle were. I think uh, Fair might have been 4 0. Yes, I agree with you. It should have been because at least four. That was a brilliant performance from Newcastle. Mm. And that is a team that has every single player on the same page. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what their role is. They know the type of football they want to mm-hmm. play. And it is indicative of the club that, despite the number of injuries that Newcastle has at the moment and the amount of players that have come into the team that you wouldn't normally see, mm-hmm. they still play the same football. They still go about their way in the same manner. It's a credit to Eddie Howe. It's a credit to Dan Ashford and everyone else at the club that mm. the recruitment is spot on. The way they coach the team has been spot on. The tactics are spot on. It's three games in a row in this backpack derby that Newcastle have won, and every single one has been completely comprehensive. Mm. It's a club that's heading in the right direction, and we know the resources they've got, but once they get to a point where they can spend those resources, there's no mm. ceiling on this Newcastle team. Mm. There is no ceiling. Very true. Very true. And... I don't know how much more I can say on Newcastle. They're just a, a fantastic team. Oh, it was a brilliant and performance. They, it was a brilliant performance. It, it, it was. They deserved more out of it. But um, had that um, Anthony goal been allowed, I mean, it came up by Guayaso, who's offside. So thankfully, yeah. you know, it would have been a travesty because, it, it, you know, Newcastle were much better on the day. Um, Trippier's free kick could have been, I mean, that would have mm. been a sensational goal. Yeah. The fact that it you know just hit the crossbar but and just bounced into the field of play, you know, Anana was rooted to the spot. The wall had no idea. It was just an insane hit, and unfortunately, it uh, you know didn't go under the bar. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was a great way. look for me personally. It was a great watch, but it was um, it, it was an entertaining. Uh, was, was it though? It was, was it though. Like it was. It From, was. If I was watching that as a Newcastle support, I'd be thinking, "Sure, this is great," but the finishing no, and the, the finishing the chances leads. not being converted, does, particularly uh, at halftime, I would have been thinking, "Oh, credit we Maguire. missed our chance here." That's what I was concerned about at halftime. Mm. But credit to Maguire because uh, you know he and look, that's how far pinned, you know, pinned back man you were right that he was making crucial stay, you know, saves or stops in the six yard <laughs> box, yeah. right and. Man, you had all their bodies behind the ball for pretty much the entire game, except it, for like the last 10, 15, last 10, 15 where minutes. Right, Newcastle ran out of gas. Correct. Um, the Pope injury kind of took the wind out of their sails. Like yes. after Pope came off, that kind of um, changed the momentum of the game because that injury was quite, you know, for a period of time, and it just, um, you know, the momentum stopped. But and the indication is the Pope's going to be out for maybe four months. Yeah, yeah, it's going to require with this, surgery. With Apparently, so, they're just waiting on specialists to, but it, it's dislocated. It's a dislocated shoulder. It's the same shoulder he's had uh, operated on before. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? Doesn't look good for him as far as that's concerned. And yeah, four months is the minimum. So and um, Dubravka would come in. Yes, he's a good backup. But does that mean that he's not going to go into the market in January? I think they won't. You know, I think could they we won't. see a play for Ramsdale. 
Oh, you mentioned a good thing. Now that you mentioned Ramsdale, mm. did you see the social media video of Ramsdale and his father stealing or well, taking Christmas ornaments from the tree at Arsenal in the Arsenal shop? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> Look, you mentioned Ramsdale. I would have mentioned it. I, I saw yeah. it and I laughed. And they know they're being filmed, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, unless it's a stitch up. But anyway. If they do, well, if it is a stitch up, both Arsenal and Rams will have a great sense of humour. But um, uh, by the by, if look you, now that you mention it, Nathan, that is a good shout. And if you're Rams, though, you wouldn't you be pushing for that move? I would be. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'd be like, hey, listen, you know, particularly uh, with the Euros coming up, that's what I'm getting. He's at. He's got to play, even yeah. if it is a six month loan, because I think Pickford isn't um, isn't the standout right now. No, but he will be Southgate's number one because he always or, is. Always is, but it's up to Ramsdale to change that perception, yeah? So and he won't do it from the Arsenal bench. Yeah, so that is a very, very good shout from your part. So there's rumours of him being uh, linked to Chelsea as well because they need a keeper. Right. Because I don't rate Robert Sanchez. Neither so... do I, you know. And look, I mean, Chelsea got a, you know got their win um, against Brighton. I think Brighton are um, missing a beat trick at the moment. Yeah, they are. Um, they're off the pace, but um, look, it's injuries again, injuries again. It is, and and um, European football, right? Yeah. Um, but we're saying injuries. This Newcastle side is playing on the smell of an oily rag at the moment. That's thir- like we're up to fourteen outs now, if not fifteen. Yeah. Tonali, different story, right? But you know, it's fourteen outs with Pope having gone down, and it doesn't look like anyone's coming back soon. I think Botman will be back in a few weeks. Botman is probably the first one, but that is uh, day probably the day. least of your concern because Lascelles has been really good. I've been very, very impressed with Lascelles, uh, and it's a similar trajectory to, funnily enough, to um, Joel Linton and Almiron because mm. Lascelles has just stepped up in Botman's absence and has been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And mildly, um, the seventeen-year-old. Boss midfield against uh, Man U. That, you know, yeah. uh, looked like he's been playing there for years. But very impressed with Gimaraj's performance, actually, in midfield yes, uh, against uh, Man U. He, you know, was just immense for Newcastle. He's, you know, incredible performance. Incredible performance. The only thing yeah. that was missing from his performance was a goal, to be fair. You know, I mean, yeah, Newcastle have a lot of outs, but like the team that's still taking to the park is a very good team. And it is. A lot of them are still first choice players. Like, Trippier, Cher, uh, Gimaraes, Jolinton, Isak, Almiron, Gordon. They're, they're all first-choice players. Mm, mm. It's a lot of the squad players who you've lost, which means you can't rotate as much. But it's- no, that's right. And and that's where the issue is hurting us, right? Yeah. Because we could early in the season, it was good. But look, um, you know, and Livermento's coming along in leaps and bounds. Yeah, and he was someone who was available for not much at all. And other clubs should have been smarter and picked him up when they had the chance. Because certainly off the market now. What a player! I'm surprised that he's playing over Lewis Hall at left back. Mm, yes, but... because he's very much in the same vein. Both Chelsea Academy graduates. True, and I think they both got bright careers ahead of them. I, I think agree. Kieran Trippier. Agree. How long does he have left at this level? Is it another season? Is it two? Maybe not. Yeah, I would say um, at least another two. Yeah, I think you'll see Livermento come in and make the right back to body zone one day. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's and, that's, and, that. and that's the longer term play, right? Yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah. What other? Uh, re- oh, look, I mean, it was. I was going to say what other results took you took your eye, but the fact is, is that the week gone by in the Premier League, the 
weekend have gone by in the Premier League, but it's just insane as far as football is concerned, especially the Sunday. Right, oh, 20, yeah. something like twenty five goals in four in five games or twenty eight goals. In ridiculous, four, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the quality of goals in them as well was oh, that McAllister goal, pretty good. Yes. Yep. Yeah. First absolutely. time. Yeah. Yeah. His um, first goal for the club as well. Yeah. <laughs> not a bad way to do it. Not a bad way to do it. Um, Alexander Arnold's uh, free kick. Credit with credit, Stu. It's an absolute great free oh, kick. I think one of was it that one that's gone down as an own goal? Yeah, come on. That can't be an own goal. <laughs> no, I mean, I know it's one of the anomalies of the thing, but the fact is, is that you can't take that away from him. There's an absolute. I think it might be being taken away from. It him. has been officially. Yeah, it's actually yeah. gone down as a burnt Leno own goal, which is ridiculous. But anyway, well, it's not his free kick. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, but yeah, uh, briefly on uh, City Tottenham. Yes, what amazing game. game. What a game that was. Yeah, and Tottenham again being the thorn in Pep's side. They always cause problems, Spurs, in whatever mm. iteration they are, mm. and. A lot of people saying that um, Ange has been vindicated by his approach. I agree. And I agree because Conte's team or Jose's team would have been battered mm. overnight. Yeah, I agree. And yes, they took their chances. I think I saw the XG was like 3.2 to 0.5. Correct. Um, so something like your, that. So take your XG and blow it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Spurs take their chances. Yeah, correct. And look, that's the thing about it. You know, I mean, and I think... Like you and I have discussed, XG is leaves a little bit to be desired as far as the you know the way that they calculate it. The fact is, is uh, that uh, it, the, the calculation's is, okay. It's the way it's been implemented. Okay, implemented. That's right. Yep. Thanks for correcting me. You're right because <laughs> um, that's what we we left it last time. We debated this mm. issue, right? Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, purely and simply, you can see it when you watch the game. Is that Spurs were more efficient in taking their chances, mm. right, as compared to Man City. Um, you know, Harland had a couple of chances, should have done better, didn't. That's really what, what it comes. That's really what it comes down to, right? As to why he's City, a little bit off the boil, isn't as he? To, as to why City didn't win the the, uh, the game. Yes, he is off the boil, but he has, has those moments. Turned? No, he has those moments. I, I I say that because I see quotes from his agent talking about his what? release clause a lot lately. His dad? Uh, no, it was someone else. Oh, okay. I was going to say, his um, dad. I thought his dad was his agent, but okay. I think there's someone else in the mix now, but right. they have a release clause in his contract akin to what it was at Borussia Dortmund. Right. And I see quotes about that a fair bit. Okay, I haven't, I haven't seen that, but there you go. I think it might be his agent for sort of putting the feelers out, saying Madrid, Barca. Mm. Oh, should have gone there to begin PSG. with. PSG. No, fuck PSG. He should have gone to, <laughs> to Real Madrid to begin with. Right, um, because if you add him into Real Madrid, my lord, oh, my lord, yeah. what a team, what a team! Um, and he, you know, it could quite easily end up there. It's a shame that Kane didn't go, but um, yeah, look, maybe Haaland might end up there in a couple of years. Maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah. um, we should also mention Les the uh, controversy at the end of the game. Yep, with Simon Hooper, the referee, uh, denying got, City yeah. the chance to score a winner. They got it wrong. He did, but. It's not that big a deal. No, it isn't, but, you know. I think what happened is he saw the foul, he put his whistle to his mouth, he blew a little bit, but then he saw there was advantage, so he played the advantage, but then he was like, oh, Oh, shit, I've already blown my whistle. Some players may have stopped. So then he's he's had to stop it. Hmm. It doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I I love the face of Anthony Taylor on the sideline as Pep was going up to him. He's like, oh, 
fuck's sake again. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the face. And, and Pepe comes out. And Pepe goes, you would not believe. You would not believe. And anyway. And um, in the post match, he says, I don't want to do a Mikel Arteta. But then he goes and proceeds to talk to about his Do a Mikel Arteta. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yes, he doesn't make it. Pep doesn't make it out there. That's it. Yeah. But um, anyhow, never mind. Anyhow. Anyhow. Um, you got anything else? I do. Other news, oh, I was going to say a couple of things, yes. Yes. Uh, staying on the Prem, it looks like we have a uh, trial date for Manchester City's um, Premier League charges. Yes. In uh, spring 2024. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fashion and collection. It does. It does indeed. <laughs> and uh, it uh, may see a punishment in um, early 2025. So just enough time for Man City to win the league this season and yep. then have it taken off them. And after oh, that, probably not be ta- in a... Probably not taken mm, off, but probably be no. minus 115 to start the next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, early 2025, a verdict, and then there'll be an appeals process, and maybe we see a points deduction if there is to be one for City in the uh, 25-26 season. <sighs> yes. Fair enough. Okay. Eventually, we may get there. We may get there, but who knows? Who knows? We may not. Look, there's no doubt. I mean, I did see that um, the Everton coaches um, traveling back from Nottingham Forest was uh, had Premier League corrupt as their direct, you know, as their route bus route. It's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Alrighty, lads. We shall move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got some uh, quick fire stories for you. Go for it. Uh, we should mention the uh, FA Cup third round draw. Yes, we should. <laughs> Highlight is uh, Newcastle Sunderland for the first time in seven years. Sunderland Newcastle, yes. Sunderland Newcastle, Newcastle, yes. And uh, uh, yeah. that would be something worth uh, going over to the UK for, I think. Yes, I'd lo- love to go over, but uh, yes, uh, heck of a heck of a tie. Yes, I think uh, we certainly need uh, both you and Barry in for British Report when that rolls around. Mm. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it would, look, uh, best time if you're ever going to go to the UK to to what, take in football, leave here Christmas Day, get there Boxing mm. Day, spend a couple of weeks, you know, taking, you know, the box between Christmas and New Year, football, you know, stay to the, you know, FA Cup third round, first weekend of January. Stay beyond there if you can. And look, those two, three weeks are just uh, unreal. Yeah, it's magic. It is magic. Uh, also, in this uh, pick-up third round, we have Arsenal-Liverpool, which is amazing yes. that uh, one of those is going to be dumped out so early. Uh-huh. And um, One of them will consider it a favour. Yes, mm. because uh, I imagine that both of them will be in the title race still by then. Correct. And yes, as it stands, we still have a title race. And... I'm fully expecting when De Bruyne comes back, City will go and win 13 games on the spin and win the league at a canter. But for now, we still have a title race. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Uh, but that's going to be very intriguing. That uh, so Who takes it seriously? Who plays the kids? We shall find out. Mm-hmm. Laz, one more story from England I've got, and this came out in the Athletic a couple of days ago. Yep. That, uh, Manchester United are under investigation by the Trafford Council oh. after several people alleged they have became unwell after being served raw chicken. At an event hosted at Old Trafford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's not good. Even the catering, they can't get it right. This is Manchester United. <laughs> okay. Speaking of food, I'm glad you brought it up. And we'll get to mm. pass. I'm bringing this up. So something has, I saw this come out online and Barcelona players post-match food request from 2014. Oh, I have seen this, yes. <laughs> so the most interesting thing here to note, and we can go through it, 
right? How many of these players will, will want Nutella sandwiches? I didn't know that Nutella was the aftermatch snack of choice. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, I'm all for it. I don't mind Nutella, yep. especially on pancakes, right? Mm. But, um, you know, with a bit of ice cream or whatever the case is. Although I don't mind Canadian pancakes, you know, like bacon, maple syrup. Uh, Go that way. Oh, I don't mind that. No, oh, and, just a good old pancake, a bit of no. butter, maple syrup, no. bish bash bosh. No, no, you've got to do you know the Canadian style maple syrup, bacon. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. But um, yes, interesting though. There's a couple of players on here that actually have sushi and Nutella. So sushi and a Nutella yeah. sandwich. Yeah, I don't get it. So so it's a steak in the goalkeeper, sushi and a Nutella sandwich. PK um, or the egg. Um, Mr. Shakira, Nutella sandwich and fruit, Rakitic, two servings of uh, sushi and fruit, Busquets. Now, how Busquets is this? Ham, pizza, and fruit, only pineapple and strawberry. <laughs> yeah. Javi, chopped chicken breast and ham pizza. Iniesta, ham and cheese pizza and a sandwich of Bologna and chorizo. Suarez, ham and cheese pizza and Caesar salad. Now, how messy is this? Cheese pizza. Yeah. Just right. a good old cheese pizza. <laughs> Just uh, like, that is know, very messy. Neymar, ham and cheese pizza and fruit. I was going to say something else there, but I'll leave it alone. Mascarano, pasta salad and two pieces of fruit. And Sergio Roberto, sushi and a triple sandwich with Nutella. That can't go well together. Well, no. Sushi and Nutella cannot go well together. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it, but there you go. Anyway, so I thought mm. that might be of uh, interest, right? <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. So, um, do your sports science and your sport nutrition all you like. Sushi and Nutella is the way to go. Yep, and cheese pizzas. Oh, you know, um, you know, I don't mind a chip buddy roll though either. But there you go. Yep, yep. There you go. Can't go wrong with one of them. No, no, that's for sure. So I thought that was uh, that was quite funny. Mm, yes. The other thing I want to that's, mention about Barcelona. The other, ah, yep. Is uh. The did you catch the game this morning as we record Monday morning? I Barcelona saw that it was uh, one Joel Felix yes. picking up the winner and doing the Simeone to Simeone, mm. grabbing his crotch and going La puta. <laughs> well, no, that's not true. But yes, he did uh, gesture the uh, crowd. Yep, and he's what you're uh, missing out on. Yeah, yep. something like that, exactly. Mm. And then through the and, La puta, uh, and then through La puta at the end. Yep. Yeah. It's funny that Loney's eligible to play against their parent club in Spain. I think it's a good thing, actually. And I think there, yeah. should, be, there should be more of it. Probably. I don't mind it, though. I don't mind it at all. Look, the fact you is... If you get drama yeah. moments like this morning. But not only that, if you're willing to loan that player out, that means that you're not utilising that player. You have no intent of utilising that player. Mm. So why shouldn't that player play against you? I think if you were to prevent loan players coming up against the parent clubs, then... There is an incentive for clubs to loan players out to their competitors in the league, meaning mm. their matchups will be easier. Because if Joao Felix wasn't eligible to play today for Barca, correct, that game becomes easier for Athletic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that um, if a club sends a player out alone and it's still a club in the same league, I think it's um, fair game. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, I saw uh, Laporta couldn't keep Real Madrid out of his mouth again. Oh, actually, I've got. I came across a quote. I came across a quote with regards to Real Madrid and Barcelona, mm. and it actually it's uh, credit to Jose Mourinho, right? Um, and obviously, when Jose was just about to leave into Milan for Real Madrid, and it kind of sums up 
for what I've said before, I think. Let me just find it here. And here we go. All right. So Barcelona has no dream, right? So Barcelona has no dream, but an obsession. And their obsession is Real Madrid. I know the club very well at La Masia, Barcelona's academy. They teach, sorry, uh, just uh, they teach you to win f- from Real Madrid. They teach you to hate Real Madrid. They hate Real Madrid more than they hate than they love Barcelona. They want Real Madrid in their shadows. Maybe it worked for a few years, but there's going to come a point or a time when Barcelona, for Barcelona, when it will be over. They will get worse and worse each season. Listen to my words. It's the ugliest club I've ever seen, and I can't wait for the time that they will be over. That is prophetic. Spoken with a, a lot of uh, bad grace or bad eggs, I think. Yeah, just before it's, he left in. Yeah, it's just before he left into Milan. Yeah, Back- I mean, it's. I get what he's saying, and I agree essentially with what he's saying. Um, it's pretty harsh, but I mean, the way the clubs are going, I think he's right in that. I think Barca would be happier, like in a scenario where Barcelona finish above Real Madrid, but second, and someone else wins the league. Mm. I reckon they'd, they'd still be very happy with that. Mm. And. That's yeah, finishing above Real Madrid is almost a higher priority than winning any silverware. And he's right and vindicated to this day with regards to the, the playing field between Barca and Real Madrid because with everything that's happened in recent years, them selling off all their future assets to have a little sugar rush now, I think in 30 years' time, we may see Real Madrid completely surpass Barca. Possibly, possibly. Although, look, you generate, you know, if that's the kind of culture and, um, Ethos that's instilled in the La Masia players. Well, they'll always be, uh, they'll always be to tr- up there to try and upstage Real Madrid, right? And the only way you can really do that is by winning the league. So I think they'll always be up there. But that the club is a farce at the moment. It is, especially it when is. they when they um, allegedly play. Ref- well, no, it's not allegedly. It's been proven that they paid referees. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. One more. Moving on. One more. Rocco Camiso, the president of Fiorentina. Mm. Quote, I spent 420 million euro on Fiorentina. I could have bought five teams in Italy with just just with the cost of Viola Park alone. Now, Viola Park has just been launched, and that's the new training facility for Fiorentina. If you get a chance to go online to have a look at it, do so. It looks unreal. I hope one day a player says, I want to go to Fiorentina and not Juventus. So, not the way in the wall. Yeah, it might be waiting a while, but it is a very impressive centre um, from what um, having a look at it online. And look, good luck to him. Hopefully, um, you know, the plans pay off into the future for them. So, but there we go. And Syria needs a lot of infrastructure investment. Absolutely. Both and that's training facilities and stadiums. Correct. And that's the kind of encouraging thing about uh, what Fury yeah. Centre have done there. Right. You compare some of the stadiums in Syria to the Premier League or La Liga or the Bundesliga. Mm. There is a difference there. And yes, I know Italy's a very what's the way to what's the way to put it? It's a country that has a lot of history and mm-hmm. likes to the... take pride in their history sure. and a lot of places have been heritage listed or I was just gonna say it's a bit the like equivalent of that. Yeah, it's a bit like Greece. Where you dig something in Greece, you basically add, you know, add years to a project because as soon as you dig you hit something. It's archae- it's considered an archaeological site, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and and um, yes, it's yeah. It it does uh, add a layer of uh, complexity to uh, a lot of uh, projects, as you know, and in, and in infrastructure in um, in these countries. Yeah, and in the meantime, I think the gap in infrastructure is one that uh, will eventually be felt on the pitch. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Completely agree. 
Well said. So, so what are we looking forward to? What are we looking for? I've got a few more things. We could be oh, going let's go. for Keep going. hours and hours yeah, let's on this go. pod. But that's what I say. Quick, I'm going to ra- rattle off a couple here. Okay, let's go. And then I think there's one here that uh, we may stick on for a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is not uh, this is not up late. This is up all night. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, the people have jobs to get to, lads, so I'll try and be as quick as I can. Uh, listen. Um, <laughs> the top scorer in Ligoon. Yes. Moving forward, is now going to wear a special jersey during uh-huh. each league match until the end of the season. What, sponsored by Tour de France? Kind of. That's what they're going for. Yeah. And okay. on this jersey, there's going to be a, a little badge with a S1 to denote top scorer. Uh-huh. And uh, at the moment, uh, Kylian Mbappe is wearing it because he's right. uh, in the lead for the uh, Golden Boot in Ligon. It's a so, bit farcical. It's a bit gimmicky. Where's the patch? Uh, it's on the top of his back. Uh, yeah. The question is why? What's the point? Yeah. Like I said, I just think it's a bit of a nod to the Tour de France. Right. Cycling can have it. Yep. I agree. Uh, Update on a story we talked about last week, I think. Uh, Nico Williams. Uh, Yes. Athletic Club signed a new deal. Yes, he did. He was out of contract at the end of the season. Yes. I saw the the social media post by Athletic Club. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Great to have him tied down for the foreseeable. Mm-hmm. And I uh, should also mention the uh, the goal that uh, Ipswich scored yesterday. Yes, day before. that's I was going to mention that. What a mm. cracker! Outside, unbelievable. Of the, outside of the boot, outside yep. of the right foot, but the um, build up as well. It started with a goal. Yeah, sure. Yes, it did. A, a, it did. a team goal and the, the finish is incredible. Truvella from the from the edge. Yeah, the finish is incredible. Oh, it's amazing. Ipswich are playing some of the best football in the UK and, at the moment. And I think you can see those highlights on Paramount Plus. Um, very soon, if they're not on there already. Okay. And um, last one I got before I get on to my little uh, intrigue one that I've just seen here. Uh, yeah. The headline is that the Brazilian FA is worried about potential violence in the streets of Buenos Aires amidst the 2024 Copa Libertadores final taking place at the Monumental, which is the River Plate Stadium. And they have asked Cobmobile to move the final to the USA. Um, I don't know what to make of that one because it's club football. Um, but uh, pop make kettle, isn't it? Mm, yes, I think there is a little bit of that, considering what happened in the uh, international fixture, mm. uh, couple, you know, last week. But yes, although we mentioned, I think a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Why so, does it have to move to the US though? Money. That's the reason. Of course. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the Copa America is being held in America? Yeah. Right. The final is actually going to be played in Miami, I believe. Mm. So. You know, so Copa America, which is the Commonwealth Nations tournament, being uh, played, um, you know, in the CONCACAF Federation. And yep. you've got USA and Mexico there. And I think um, it's either Canada or Trinidad that'll um, take up the next spot. I think Jamaica's actually in there as well, I should say. So I think. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yep. So I believe it's USA, Mexico, Jamaica that have uh, qualified for the Copa being hosted, obviously, out of the USA, and um, but they still had to qualify for it, funnily enough. And um, Trinidad and Tobago versus Canada play off for the final position. Yeah, and I think one day you'll see the uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup be put to one side by the wayside. I agree with you. And you'll see the Copa America being a, a cup of the Americas. Correct. I agree with you. I agree, I agree with you. Because mm. the mm. US don't take the, the Gold Cup seriously. No. But this here they can. Although they yep. do have the CONCACAF Nations League as well now, which is hilarious. But anyway, 
Yeah, they take that more seriously than the Gold Cup. That's true. So, which seems backwards to me, but yeah, listen, if, if, if it works for Concacaf, well then. <laughs> yeah, Laz, this other story I've uh, mm-hmm. just spotted in the mm-hmm. last half an hour. Sure, comes from the Wall Street Journal. Okay, interesting source. And the uh, the the reports are that Apple and Paramount are in talks to bundle their streaming services. Wow. Mm. Hello. Hello, indeed. Hmm. So globally, or oh, that's a that's a good question. I'm sure that's the part of the negotiation. But if it is to be global, then you would see the A League and MLS on the same platform, which would be fantastic. Mm. Mm. I think any and, and, and helping old. hand in terms of content that the A League can have as a, another reason to subscribe. Can we get? Uh, can we get? C- can we get CBS Sports Galazzo on um, Paramount Plus, please? Yeah. <laughs> please please yeah <laughs> that would be awesome as well yep i mean kate abdo Thierry Henry, yep. michael richards and jamie carragher look you know that would be awesome max balls and foz do a great job on stan yes they do but 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 <laughs> but I'd the like guys this, at paramount in the u.s do I'd, an unbelievable I'd, job i'd like to have the alternative to watch it the other you know the other <laughs> channel as well but that's okay yes that would be amazing mm. Very good. No, very good. And look, you're right. The guys, you know, Boz Foz and Max Rushton do a hell of a job on Paramount Plus. Ah, uh, sorry, on um, Stan, I should say, with regards to European club football competitions. So, yeah. That they do. Laz, what are you mm. looking forward to this week and this weekend? Mm. Yes, this weekend, Nathan. To be honest, I haven't even had a, a, had a chance to actually have a look at it, but I know that it's Newcastle Spurs this weekend. Spurs Newcastle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I think that's going to be crazy. Um, well, there's uh, midweek uh, fixtures as well. There is. This week, which is um, in the Premier League, which look like they're going to be of um, great interest. Copa del Rey is on in Spain. Yep. Which is something of note. And the Coppa Italia as well in Italy and the, the Purple. And mate, uh, full credits here with regards to providing a program guide for uh, all the Backpeg followers because we've posted that we've shared that on X and on Instagram as well. As I was about so, to say, if, uh, if only someone put a handy little guide together for what to yes, watch. Yes, and full <laughs> credit to yourself because you've done that. And uh, no, it's it's unreal. So job well done. Um but so yeah, for those who uh, aren't on the socials, what uh, I picked out for games to watch is uh, Tuesday morning. Um, you'll know the result before you listen to this, but uh, Celta, Vigo against Cadiz for La Liga relegation battle. Uh, Wednesday morning, we've got uh, DFB Pokal, a uh, chance to watch Connor Metcalf and Jackson Irvin for St. Pauli take on uh, another German team in uh, Homburg on Optus. And, and, and we have and, the Matildas as well on Wednesday afternoon, last. And that's one thing we have to mention, actually. Same. Uh, the Derby, St. Pauli and Hamburg. Mm. They've just gone by in Bundesliga 2. I can't remember yes. how they say yes. 2 in German. Uh, and- Zwei. Zwei, that's right. And the own goal. <laughs> so good. I've not seen anything like that ever. <laughs> it's so good. It's it, so good. It is terrific. Go and find it if you haven't seen it already. It is hilarious. It's la- it's laughable. Like so, basically, goalkeeper plays a pass across goal, square pass to a defender. Defender plays it backwards, right back towards the keeper because he's about to be pressed. This is from a goal kick, mind you. And then the goalkeeper, like <laughs> side of the boot, 
into his own goal. Shanks it into the roof of the net. Oh. <laughs> Hilarious. It's amazing. It is yes. amazing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's uh, a lot of Copa del Rey on this week, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, around a full round of Premier League. So I yep. noticed that I think the Spurs are playing West Ham. And Everton. Yes, that's on Friday morning. Everton versus Newcastle United. Yep. Um, yeah. We got Manchester United, Chelsea. Chelsea, I was going to say. Morning. That's, a, that's a big game. It's that a is a big game. game. We've also got Aston Villa against a Rodri less Manchester City. Which will be a very interesting watch and probably the so, highlight of this week. I think it very much well is because uh, Rodri less might as well be rudderless for Manchester City. Correct. Correct. But um, yeah, it's. As I say, those Matildas as well on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Correct. Which will be uh, a good watch. And, you know, keeping an eye on. Uh, that um, England versus Scotland um, fixture in the women's mm, yep. uh, Nations League and likewise the results uh, from the Dutch um, in that same group. So that'll be one of note as well. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting week ahead, that's for sure. It is, and we should also mention, Les, this Sunday, 8 a.m., MLS Cup. Yes. Columbus Crew against LAFC. Big game. Big game. Uh, I, I caught the uh, conference finals. Mm. If it was a European competition, it would be the semis. Correct. Um, amazing comeback for Columbus. They were 2-0 down against Cincinnati. How Came back they, to win 3-2. How did they pull that off, honestly? Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And LAFC were deserving of their 2-0 win over Brad Smith's mm-hmm. Houston Dynamo, mm. the forgotten Socceroo. That's true. Absolutely. Yes, he is forgotten, unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, um, but yes. But that's on... Eight o'clock on Sunday morning, yep. and I still make LAFC the team to beat. Yeah, I agree with you. I think LAFC are the favourites there, uh, and I think they'll defend their MLS Cup. Um, Juventus Napoli is on this weekend. It is Saturday morning, and you've also got uh, Betis Madrid, Real Betis versus Real Madrid this weekend as well. Mm. So that'll they're the kind of things I'll be watching this weekend. And Barca Girona is also on this weekend, which is a huge, huge game. That it is. That it is huge game. So yes. Uh, I think Girona finished top four in Spain now. Yeah, yeah. I'm tempted to say higher. Let's just go with top four for now. Let's not yeah. get too excited. Let's say top four. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, but uh, possibly high, yeah. But, you know, mm. let's just wait and see how the, I mean, and that's a derby. Yeah. So, you know, it is. A, a Catalan derby. So let's uh, mm-hmm. see how that plays out. Absolutely. A League this weekend as well, Laz, should mention. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the men's, we got we did. Uh, yeah, Sydney we... against MacArthur Saturday night. We have Adelaide against Brisbane on Sunday. That's one of the look out for. As well as uh, Western Sydney, Melbourne victory also on Sunday. That's a tasty game. Mm, Sunday's games are very tasty. And also in the women's, we have Melbourne City, Perth Glory, Saturday afternoon. Uh And Wellington against Melbourne victory, Sunday afternoon. The top four are playing off against each other. Yep. And it'll be good to see the A-League women's back this weekend. Big time. And Wellington are um, definitely the team to watch, I think. They are flying at the moment. Mm, mm, the club's doing uh, really well. Mm, the Phoenixes are flying. Correct. There you go. Correct. I think we hit the back peg, Nathan. I think we have, Les. This has been a marathon of a pod. Yes. And I don't know how long this is going to come out to. I'm sure there's yeah. uh, some things that we can uh, hopefully we've chop. Hopefully we've cut hopefully, down a little bit. <laughs> hopefully we've entertained everyone that listens. <laughs> yes, I think there's enough content in the week for us to do two pods a week. To be honest, yeah, it's just the timing that's the issue. <laughs> yep, that's the thing. <laughs> uh, so, but, but you know, hey, uh, look, if there's a sponsor there that wants to, you know, like uh, support sure. us with regards to you know doing two episodes a week and 
you know, so we can actually avail ourselves. We'll even do a video pod. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. uh, we're just, open you know, to uh, open, any and all developments here on the back peg. Correct, correct, correct. Absolutely. In any case, uh, I think we enjoy doing these Monday night recordings because yes. it gives the back peggers plenty of time to listen to it over and the course of the week. Correct. And we thank each and every one of you for checking out the back peg yeah, each and every week, whether it is every week or just the one episode here and there. Uh, we appreciate all of you sending your feedback, sending your comments, anything and everything. We're happy to take it all. And uh, have a good week. And we'll speak to you next week. Have a good week. All enjoy the football. Take care.